Yeah. Now, now I'm grossed out. Uh, I am so proud of that joke. <laughs> I am so proud. You, but the problem is, if there wasn't, if there wasn't a horrible group called the Proud Boys, I would start one now. <laughs> That's if, the, the problem boy. is, you say it, I picture it. That's the problem. And I'm David Dedrick. Damn right you are. Oh, thank well you done for to you. be yourself. <laughs> yes, every day oh. I I I am myself every day, and that's the most unfortunate thing I can say about myself. Growing up in the '70s, that was something we just got told so much was, <laughs> "Hey, remember, be yourself." Yeah. And as a kid, you go like, "I don't have any self." What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you, what are you and then, and then later, of course, you go to junior high school. And they go like, you got to be yourself. And you're like, I really have nothing now. I got like, even, even the self I was before has now been erased and washed away by a wave of hormones. Uh, and I don't yeah. know who this new creep is that's just like <laughs> filling my body with weird thoughts. So huh. you really don't want me to be myself right now. You know, no one wants a, uh, you know, a 13 year old uh, teenage boy to be himself. No, you know? no. But we want to settle down. Be quiet. Keep it to yourself is a better way. Uh, and, uh, and just, you know, let's get through this. Let's, I, I, let's burn for a couple of years. I don't remember actually ever being told to be myself. but uh, Oh, okay. But I think that's good that you were told that. Oh, I just remember like TV as well. Oh, like, I see TV. I, I was told I mean my best friend TV. <laughs> Your mentor television. Yeah, don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. That's thing one. You'll jump off a building. Thing. Yeah, first time you jump off a building, first time you you, you take a year junkie for life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or a talented musician, one of the two. Incredibly talented <laughs> musician, very successful. Sure. Uh, live forever. Um, and, or a junkie, or jump off a building. Yeah. So two out of three is so good. But don't do it. Don't do it. And then, <laughs> and then uh, be yourself. Be free to be you and me. What you got to be. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's maybe that was the message that we were being told. I you know. I guess it's a valuable message, but as you say, yeah. if you if you don't know who you are, or if you're really terrible, you probably should maybe shape up yourself rather than. Could just... be. Also, the problem is uh, school is not the place to be yourself. Like if you're spending most of your time in school as a kid, they do not want you to be yourself by any means. And then, <laughs> and, and which is a good preparation for a job, like not a great job, like a bad job. Yeah. Uh, or an average job, or so-so job. Sure, sure. Where again. The idea of like I'm going to be myself. We don't want that. We would like you to do your job and just do your job. That we don't care about you being yourself. Um, <laughs> there might be a, uh, a spot of time for you to be yourself after work. Uh-huh. You want to do that, sure. Uh, but uh, it's not really a priority for the world for you to be yourself. So uh, so there you go. But that was what we were constantly told. Make sure remember be yourself. Like you have an option. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a real question. But the other thing that you kind of brought up there was like an uncomfortableness with yourself as a teenager. Did you actually feel like, like, did you actually sort of reject who you became as a teenager? Well, yeah. I mean, immediately greased up, right? Like, you just like, all of a sudden my hair was really, really, really oily. Mm. You know, I just like, my body was just like, uh, just a bad time. You know, <laughs> it, was not, it was no good. Like, yeah, before, yeah. before you were a kid. And, you know, maybe you're dirty, but you're kid dirty. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're not kid dirty. You're uh, gross. You're just gross. And and you look and you look at the old calendar and you realize, I just got a couple of years before they're going to kick me out of the house. And I'm a kid. 
I got no clue what to do. What do you mean earn a living? How? <laughs> How would that conceivably be possible? <laughs> and wait, when am I supposed to learn to drive? I, I still haven't learned to drive. But like, yeah. you know, I'm like a 13-year-old. Yeah, when are you supposed to learn to drive? Yeah, like I'm a 13-year-old going like, in three years, I should be behind the wheel of a car? <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> Rightfully so. Like, you should not let me do anything. Ridiculous. <sighs> and like, you know, what are you saying? In five years, five years, I'm supposed to be able to function as an adult? Yeah. And like, go out into the world? What? are we supposed to do with those five years to turn this mess around <laughs> and apparently nothing they got no clue <laughs> nope did, did not happen time time uh heals all wounds right and by the way it's not like they're gonna like start treating you like an adult at any point you're no. still gonna be treated as a child by everyone you know immediately around you so yeah who knows and they should because mm-hmm. you really are still just a child no yeah. matter what no matter how you know like as, as a teenager i was incredibly impressed with myself in terms of my you know, my great ideas and my, my incredible wisdom, all completely wrong and ill-founded and a confidence that was in no way justified. But I was confident in myself. When I was nine, I think I wrote a Freaky Friday movie. I think I wrote an entire Freaky Friday movie. And my memory of it is, yeah. good job. And like, <laughs> I, I, I would be, if I ever saw it, I would be very disappointed. <laughs> The memory is so much sweeter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I did, I like wrote out a whole movie. I mm. believe, like it was maybe it was. I could have been who knows ten. I don't know. Sure. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I just wrote it out. And this, by the way, was without seeing the movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you just had an idea what it was. I about? got it just from the from the commercial. Yeah, I was like, I got it. They yeah. swap places. I get the gags. Yeah. Okay. Can Good I? Enough. Can I guess? Was it more like the the new movie Freaky than like Freaky Friday? No, no, I, uh, okay. I, I wasn't in. I didn't do a stabby, stabby movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. Uh, though, looking back on that and my perception of what the movie was, pretty dead on, mm-hmm. except for a little weirdness where it looked like uh, Dad wanted to have sex with Mom, and uh, not really good when uh, you're Jodie Foster in Mom's body on any level. Is that in the actual film? There's a little bit of uh, Dad being okay. flirty with the. Uh, you get, you get kind of the feeling that maybe that night there'd be shenanigans <laughs> unless something unfreaky. Yeah, yeah. Oops. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, sorry, just going to have to turn off my phone because someone forgot to turn it off. And that That's would be... okay. The lines are open. Do you that... think... <laughs> what do you think of Freaking Friday? Um, do you think they would have had to have had sex? Well, yeah, I, I guess. I suppose that... I suppose, hopefully not, that the dad I wouldn't... But I guess yeah, I guess there's that that sort of comedy of the uncomfortable that uh, that's sort of like the ultimate in uncomfortable, kind of like in Back to the Future, where you know the uncomfortable idea that your mother, who's you know in t- terms of time, is not your mother yet, but is going to be your mother, but has now seems to have a crush on you because you're this incredibly interesting you know future being who's shown up out of nowhere and is uh you know so now you, it's uh. And I guess that's the comedy of like, oh, this could go really wrong. What's going yeah, on? And then, of course, the really cool dad who, like, later on when uh, she has a kid that looks just like the guy that you knew in the 50s, you uh, don't go, hmm, well, clearly she had sex with that guy from the 50s. What? Well, uh, to the father. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they get, they fall in love, and that's all well and good. Yeah. Then uh, she has a baby yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this baby yeah. looks exactly like. A person, yeah, that he knows she had a crush on in the fifties. Okay, 
So to a sensible human being, yeah. she clearly had an affair later on with the Michael J. Fox character because it's exactly the oh. same person. Okay. As the person that they both knew so well and was such an amazing part of their, uh, or such a remarkable, uh, a memorable part of their lives. So yeah, clearly she had an affair with this person and that's where that kid comes from. There's no two ways about it, right? Well, it, it depends. Exactly I mean, it seems about. unlikely that, so you're saying that she had a baby in high school? No, no. Well, then... No, she had an affair later on. She hooked up with him later on. Oh, I see. He doesn't know he went forward in time. Okay. Yeah. He thinks... Yeah. He, I don't know what his perception is, is where that guy went. Sure, sure. But uh, but obviously, his wife had an affair. Yeah. She had to have, because there's not one detail different of that fella and the fella that uh, they both well remember yeah, yeah. Uh, from before. So clearly she had an affair. There's no two ways about it. But doesn't his meddling in the past like have terrible consequences in the future? Uh, as far as we know, with the good future that ends Back to the Future, the f- Back to the Future, uh, yeah. first, first movie, yeah. uh, the only uh, things that go uh, differently are uh, they're not that wealthy because they got the same house. They have a slightly better car. Biff now works for the weird thing yeah. for the guy who tried to sexually assault your wife to hire him. Um, and, uh, yeah. and he's a bit of a couple because uh, clearly she had an affair and uh, had, a, <laughs> had a child that, um, you know, from, from that fellow that they used to know. But, but, but he's cool with it. He's cool with it because it's like that. Life's not bad. But, they, but she didn't, though. But to him, she did. Unless he is a fool. Like, because it's it's Michael J. Fox. She gave birth to Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and yeah. previously, they knew Michael J. Fox in the past. The only logical explanation for that. Sure. There's nothing biological about the two of them together that gets you on Michael J. Fox. Yeah. The only way you get on Michael J. Fox is if you have sex with Michael J. Fox. <laughs> no, and then that's not how it works. But anyway, that's, well, that's, not quite, that's not quite how it works. But um, so... Actually, you know what it does? Because genetically in the Back to the Future world, yeah. everyone looks like their ancestor exactly. <laughs> Biff looks like himself all the way back to Western Day. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? So, yeah. Because yeah. Biff, Biff, Biff plays himself, right? He's yeah. an old okay. cowboy. So everyone looks like I've never. The- I've only seen the first one. Okay. The second one's worth a see. Okay. And then you'll probably end up... It's got a really good ending. I'll say it's got a very, very, very good ending. And the, then the second one. Second one, and then you can see the third one if uh, it's necessary. I, did I tell you the major plot point they never really cover in Back to the Future? The original one? Yeah. Um, that no one seems to care about. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess try it out on me. Let's see if I care. The, okay. The big. Di- I mean, later on they'll do about like, uh, oh no, you went to the you went to the past and you almost exist and all these horrible things almost happen. And then later on they'll do a thing where like Biff maybe gets control of the time machine. But but so but, that sorry that's the that's in the first first movie. That's it. Uh, no, it, the Biff control of the time machine might be the second movie. It's oh, the second. Movie. Okay. Um, don't want to don't want to spoil that one for you, but yeah, yeah too late. Great. Uh, but what they what they ignore is uh, uh, Doc Brown's big thing that he almost does is he almost gives a time machine uh, to uh, the Libyans. Oh yes, the Libyans. Yeah. In yeah. the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the Libyan army shows up. Sure. And if things you know. What's slightly different, uh, Doc's dead, Marty's, because a bullet hits Marty as well. Why wouldn't they shoot Marty as well? Yeah. Boom, boom, dead. Okay, what's this? I don't know, it's an invention. Let's try it out. Oh, we have a time machine. Well, we've won everything in the universe now. <laughs> We're taking it back to Gaddafi. Hey, Gaddafi, we got, a, we got a time machine. Oh, well, I'm 
master of the universe now. <laughs> Me. Get so, happy. So, how, well, sorry, how were the Libyans involved with all this? Oh, he um, he promised the Libyans... He got money uh, from the Libyans to oh. fund his invention uh, okay. by saying he was going to give them plutonium. But he used the plutonium, I believe, in his invention. So uh. they show up going, where's our plutonium? Yeah. But they show up and then they kill him. Um, and... Uh, and 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 don't kill Marty. Come close to killing Marty. But if they did kill Marty, then the Libyans now have a time machine, and uh, they can uh, go anywhere in time and uh, win every war. And uh, there you go. Nice job, Doc Brown. They they may not have realized its import. They may have just uh, looked for their plutonium and left. But what? I so in the movie, awesome. sorry, in the movie itself. Yes. Sir. Back to the Future. The first film. The yes. first film. Doc Brown not gets gets ride. killed. We're not discussing the ride. No, no, I'm not discussing the ride. Doc Brown gets killed at the beginning of the movie. Yes, he does. Huh? Okay. Here's okay. Now, yeah, and then when Marty comes back, uh, again, we're spoiling Back to the Future, but you've seen. It. Uh, so uh, <laughs> when, when, when he comes back, Doc Brown is not dead because yeah. Marty warned him in the past, and you're like, oh, well, then that was just completed loop. Incorrect, because uh, the world has changed. Uh, Twin Pines Mall is now Lone Pine Mall because they've knocked over one of the pine trees. Yeah. And so that changed that. And, of course, his family's. So, sure. you know, Doc Brown in the past, yeah. without a Marty to have gone back in time, is dead. But, like, when he comes, when uh, Marty does this whole thing, Doc Brown is faking. I see. I see. And <clears throat> the Libyans almost get a time machine. <laughs> yes, they do. Wow. So... Yeah, that's interesting. The only thing I... Here's what I remember about that movie. Yeah? This is the only thing I remember about that film, is that there's a incredibly racist scene in the movie where Michael J. Fox steals Jimi Hendrix's innovations as a guitarist, and so then we get to have a white guy uh, be the person who, like, created Jimi Hendrix. Well, Ch uh, Chuck Berry. And Chuck Berry as well? No, it was Chuck Berry. How do you mean? Well, I don't know where... You might be getting the Jimi Hendrix thing there, but, like, uh, Chuck... Be he plays, he plays the song, and then uh, Chuck Berry's cousin gets on the phone and goes like, Hey, it's your cousin. And I forget his first name. Okay. Blah, 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 Berry. Yeah, yeah. You've been, you've been waiting for that, uh, looking for that new sound. Well, listen to this. Okay. He holds up the phone, and like, ah, Chuck Berry. Okay, so that's uh, that's super that's super, that's super offensive. I forgot that. That's super offensive. But he also goes, at the end of the Chuck Berry song, he kind of goes crazy with the guitar and starts doing all these Jimi Hendrix-style pyrotechnics. Okay, and then he goes... And everyone's kind of like flabbergasted and he goes, oh, I guess you're not ready for that yet. And I was just but like, your, but your kids are going to love it. But the, yeah, it's like that. I'm just like, oh, this is, I just, I just hate when movies like have to take someone else's creations and put them into the, into the hero of the movies. Uh, you know, he's, oh, he created that sound. Oh, I guess Jimi Hendrix must've heard that from, uh, I mean, I'm just talking about in the, in the that world of the movie. Have, I would flip those two because the thing with the Jimi Hendrix one is. He just did it, and no one liked it. Yeah, and so it would not move on. But the Chuck Berry thing. Yeah, that's even that's even worse. I forgot that. Chuck Berry yeah. was hearing like the entire song, and then he ripped it off, and mm -hmm. then he decided to put uh, cameras in toilets. And I was like, <laughs> oh no! I mean, you think those are unrelated things? And worse. Yeah. I assume that's the thing. And also, uh, he he went. I'm only going to get paid in cash right before the show. And he also most, he also broke the Man Act. Oh, what was went the to, Man Act? Went to jail. Uh, he he uh, took a um, underage girl across straight state lines, and she was white. That's why we got him into real trouble. Okay, well, you know the underage girl. You had me at uh, <laughs> it's been, okay, boy. That's tough. 
He got busted for racial reasons, yeah. and yet he was doing something very wrong. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, Just she wasn't like. Bad. I mean, let's say generally bad. You were you weren't an adult till twenty one, right? So she might have been twenty or something like that. I mean, it's still. But I mean, he was still in his twenties. It wasn't like he was like right. age now. He's like but a young is, guy. This is a time where like uh, Elvis Presley is like got Priscilla there, uh, thirteen, just keeping her uh, till the clock runs. That's out. a bit later. Okay, that's a bit later. Enough. That's that's Not like seventies, sixties, seventies. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's ever a good time for that. <laughs> and uh, you know, and yeah, that's weird. Same, uh, 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 great balls of fire guy. Once again, yeah. cult cultural, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, okay, it's a thing. Yeah. It's not a great thing. What seemed normal in one place was outrageous in England. <laughs> okay. And, you know, England's got its history of uh, things. Everyone's got bad sure, things. That's thing. It's not good. But the thing is, when you're messing with time travel, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the only thing, part of the movie that seems to have stuck in my mind, actually. I've, I've Just talking with you about it, I realized I don't remember very much of it at all. And Huey Lewis uh, is, uh, I guess, the music teacher. And, okay. uh, and when he plays his music, uh, he goes like, uh, it's just too loud. And so they reject it because of that, which again, makes no sense to me. It's just like, we'll turn it down. That's not a problem. Like, no. music being too loud. No, no. The music is, here, this is a lesson I learned from my mom, is the music is loud even when it's quiet. It's too loud. Because it's not, it's not the volume. It's the, 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 the quality of the sound. Like, it's like the, it's like the whatever the effect it is that you like as a kid, like in the rock and roll you're listening to. Right. That's, that's the sound that she doesn't like. It doesn't matter what volume that sound is. It still sounds, you know, like terrible to, I guess I remember my mom complaining about a song one time and I'm like, well, it's not even loud. She goes, it's just the drums. They're so, they just sound so awful. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like an eighties song with that horrible eighties, you know, gated snare sound. It was like a Smith song. So I was kind of confused. I was like, well, it's basically what you listen to. Nope, nope, not to her, not to her. It was the sound. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I saw I saw some Back to the Future props once, and it, it, that was a little exciting to me. But I think they should have. Uh, was it the DeLorean or? No, well, I've seen. The, I have. I've seen. Well, I haven't seen that DeLorean. I've seen many uh, DeLorean done up as uh, things, but not, not the original. But okay. they had the flux capacitor. They had the shoes from the second from the second movie. You don't know. Uh, <laughs> Were they blue suede shoes that he inspired Carl Perkins to write the song Blue Suede Shoes? Yeah, he inspired everything. Okay. That is kind of a nice thing you got to give Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Is that it did not affect history in any any way at all. No, nor did they, nor did they like, they're not the ones who are making Galileo brilliant or or inspiring Joan of Arc to, to do what she did. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, they're just like using them to, to pass their history tests or exams or whatever they're but they're not like they have nothing to do with what these people did you know yeah it's also a weird it's a weird history report they do because they never yes because here's here's the thing you would there's no information in it well yeah they go like he he really enjoyed a hot fudge i'm like all right fine um but the thing that they never decide to look into is like oh what happened later Mm. And because all of them have horrific deaths and it's like, just skip over that. You know, like no one, no one brings that up. Yeah. Luckily there's no Q and a at the end. Goes, when you got murdered in a theater and you got burned alive and you know, you got shot through the head and you got it's like, Oh, well you got hemlocked. You know, what was uh, the thing? So 
<laughs> never, never get into any of that. It's mm-hmm. all fine. Mm-hmm. Back you go. Back you go to your death seat. Here, here's what I wonder. Okay. It's, uh, you, you saw Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, right? I, I've seen all their movies. Okay. Well, I don't know. You've seen one Back to the Future, so it's not. <laughs> I guess it's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I didn't like Back to the Future though, so there, I felt no, I felt no desire to go go forward with it. So Joan of Arc. Yeah. Uh, uh, did she hear God's voice or did she hear the voice of angel? Who did she hear? Well, she heard. Well, voice. I am no, I am no Joan of Arc expert. Okay, but in the in pop culture, because that's yeah. what we're talking about. Okay. We're talking about broad pop culture. Sure. If from the movie version of Joan of Arc, uh-huh. who does she hear talking to? Is it a direct line to God, as in Moses? Or is it an angel going, hey, I'm Sorry, wait. Is, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to say Moses is God. No, he meant God is no, speaking Moses to Moses. talks to the bush and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so is, uh, is, is Joan of Arc also getting the direct line or is she getting through... Uh, an angel telling her, "Hey, here's what you should do." You, do you remember any of that? I think it's an angel, but I'm not. I'm not certain. I'm not. I'm not absolutely clear. There may, there may have been like some scene in. I've never. Once again, I've not seen any movies about Joan of Arc. I don't really know the Joan of Arc story, except in very broad, broad strokes. Um, okay. But yeah, the movie may have her like you know being bathed in a in light and receiving inspiration. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of uh, Joan of Arc. Uh, films miniseries and, and what have you i was just i was just curious about that because in the universe of bill and ted yeah god is real and uh intervention so uh like when when bill and ted need help yeah. in the second movie mm-hmm. uh god gives them a map okay like, there you go sure and it's like oh okay so i wonder if like uh, joan of arc in this reality was right and, uh, <laughs> and god actually was talking to her yeah uh, and if not, you know, and she was a little bit, not had mental illness, that's too bad. She still, you know, probably did fine afterwards and ended up, you know, in the good place. And uh, there was a heaven, so good for her. Worked out, worked out okay for her. I guess. If you're going yeah, prob- si- to so, look on the bright so side of being burned alive, but yeah, sure. uh, Yeah, you know, probably not so great for Genghis Khan, <laughs> you know? No, I don't, Billy, Billy I can't see working Billy the nope. Kid probably not doing so good. No, no. Napoleon, can't see Napoleon him coming out of it good. depends yeah. on your perspective, yeah. But probably not. Yeah. Probably not doing all right. Uh, you know, Lincoln, it's fine. Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's good. He says he made the cut. Um, but they never have a thing. Like, well, since where they since Napoleon kind of started his career firing grape shot into crowds of French protesters, I, I don't think he like got off on a, a great start or, or really went. Oh, okay, then well, the heck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't as short as everyone thought he was. So, no, you know, just yeah, mere yeah. British propaganda. But so effective, wasn't it? So effective. Well done, British propaganda. <laughs> Good job. I mean, that, and that was and the best ever. part of it is it was it was cartooning that did that. Oh, tell me more. Well, it was like caricatures of him drawn by I can't remember the name of the cartoonist that started it, but it was just caricatures of Napoleon drawn by this this cartoonist. They're insulting, uh, you know, images of Napoleon as this short, you know, sort of hot-tempered french guy you know and then that just like it just was such it captured the imagination to such a degree that that's it, you know this has come down to us is like you know like most of us if we don't know that little tidbit that you just said most of us would think of i mean i thought of napoleon as short when i was growing up you know you're like yeah, well, when you saw that painting of him you know at, at the louvre you went what a small horse that must have been you saw the Bugs Bunny cartoon. What? Oh, no. I was just thinking of that big painting of him on the horse with, you know, he's got his, I think he's holding a sword aloft and he's like, his cape's billowing. Oh, yes, and, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's kind of famous. There's tiny. There are small horses, but once again, that's just propaganda. He was normal sized for the time, which still would have been kind of short, you know, 
that people weren't as quite as tall as we are now. Oh no, we're big now. Good for us. We are giants. Hooray. Oh man, we're so freaking big. When I was Look at um, Warwick Castle, they had um, armor there, and they had like a king, like King John or something like that, his armor, and it was small. It was so tiny. Like, oh my god, it was. He was a short man. He probably mm. was like under under five and a half feet. Like so small. I'm trying to remember where we saw uh, Henry VIII's armor somewhere, and we had a good, like as a kid. Yeah. And uh, we had a good giggle of the cod piece. Was it at a Herman's Hermits concert? Yeah, we went to a Herman's Hermits concert in history class, and uh, <laughs> then we had a good laugh. And at his cod yeah. piece. Yeah. Well, that's what it was for. I mean, it wasn't to laugh at, but it was there to to exaggerate uh, male virility. Right, and expand things much like Herman's Hermits just expanded their song by singing the same. Uh, lyrics over and over again. It's <laughs> like, come on, yeah. Herman. Enough of the music hall stuff. Come on, guys. That's what it, yeah. that, it was a music hall song. That was one of the songs that uh, we got uh, when when an angry father in the neighborhood gave us uh, all of his uh, son's 45s. Okay. That was one of the songs. So it was one that we played uh, a lot because it was like, you were kids and it's the kind of song that you like. Yeah. You're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But as, uh, as it turned out, even though the Herman's Hermits were trying to suck up to the parents by singing old music hall songs like I'm Henry VIII, I am, I am, they, uh, they just couldn't stand it because of the, the, the timbre of the sound. They just rejected it outright. They, uh, I believe the flip side of that was, I don't know what was the A and what was the B, Okay, but Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. Oh, really? I didn't realize they were on the same single. That seems like a waste of... Uh, of a single I, knew, I just know I knew both of those songs from that time. So uh, I only think we had one. I think we only had one forty-five. So I'm thinking that's probably yeah. what it was. Interesting. I wonder if um, I wonder if it was like a reissue where they because sometimes they'll um, sometimes they'll when they they'll do reissues of singles and they'll just like put two hits on on both the both the A and B side. Oh, okay. For jukebox use. You know, so it can be put into a jukebox and people will play it and they'll be happy because it doesn't have like a backwards version of the song on, on the on the uh, the B side or something like that. And it's it's hits hits all around, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up if the uh, Mrs. Brown song was that. Uh, there we go. Uh, it was not originally sung by Herman's Hermits. Mrs. Brown, do you got a lovely daughter or? Nope, it was not. Hmm. It was, do you know who originally sang it? Like, there's no reason you would have to. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Um, I'm going to guess, um, that guy, um, Formby. Is that his name? Something Formby? It is Tom Courtney. Oh, Tom Courtney. Oh, really? The actor? Yeah. In the, in a, uh, a British TV play called The Lads in 1963 it was released as a single, but of course the best known version is Hermits. And the least known version is, uh, Chipmunks of Go-Go. <laughs> Probably more kids have heard that version though. Okay. <laughs> So I found the single. Oh, by the way, there was a, an answer song to, called "Mrs. Jones, Your Son Gives Up Too Early, Too Easy." Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so the original B side of it was "The End of the World." Okay, then I guess I had two um, two forty fives of uh, Herman's Hermits. Yeah, quite that's... surprising. <laughs> well, that was a big song. Big, they were both big hits in Canada. We really embraced Herman's Hermits here. We embraced the Beatles as well. We we had Beatles albums before the Beatles were released in the states. I thought you were going to say before the Beatles existed. That's right. We had a we had a guy named Marty McFly. He went to the, future, <laughs> went to the past and he brought them forward into for, into Canada. It was really nice. Hey, John, you know that sort of thing? <laughs> oh, look at this. That's right. 
Marty McFly went, but he taught the Beatles, uh, you know, he's like, he's like, they're going like, I don't know what to call the song. He's like, well, you know, tomorrow never knows. And, you know, we, we, you'll, you'll think of it soon, you know. Yeah. yeah. Come on, uh, help me to come up with a song. Help. He was standing near Paul and he was thinking like, scrambled eggs. Do, 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 do. I love your legs. Da, 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 da. Yep. And Paul McCartney went, oh, that's a good tune. I'll steal that from that person. Yeah, back then, George was the yappy one. <laughs> Marty uh, was always talking over him. And just like, just got... Oh, why don't I just shut up then? I got discouraged. Uh, yeah, I got discouraged. <laughs> yeah, and he gets into a fight with Pete Best and punches him in the nose, Biff style. And uh, you know, Pete Best calls him a chicken at one point, just punches him in the nose. And then uh, Ringo, Ringo gets in. <laughs> wow. Well. Does anyone else here know how to play the drums? <laughs> like, all right, you, you with the, again a big nose. It'd be better right, if, rather than him punching. It'd be better if he like accidentally knocked him unconscious. Sure, just like some sort of you know incident where the, the guitar case fell down and hit Pete Best on the the noggin and knocked him unconscious. And now they need a they need a drummer and uh, Ringo steps in. Oh, Marty McFly. Yep, yeah, just, McFly for a Marty guy. All he has to do is go back into the past, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's the yeah, that's the problem with time travel. Of course, is that idea of uh, also you change time, and then your girlfriend changes, completely different woman uh, <laughs> by the time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No longer and Elizabeth Shue. The thing that I that always like gets me is, uh, and again, you would not know this because you haven't seen the second movie. But the first movie ends with uh, you know uh, Doc Brown going roads where we're going, we won't need roads. And so they go, and then uh, there's roads, tons of roads. They just spend nothing but their time on roads. I was like, well, there is roads. What are you talking about? Maybe they should have said that before the the third one, because that one takes place in the Old West, right? That's true. That's what he meant. Where we're we're ultimately going, not where we're going right away. Doc Brown's whole thing is like, uh, Marty, whatever you do. And I I can't do it, Chris. Sure. Uh, But I want you to keep trying. Okie doke. Uh, anyway, uh, if I say okie doke enough, I can get into it. But okay. uh, where he's like, whatever you do, we can't uh, touch anything. We can't alter the past in any way. The ramification would be, you know, enormous. And then the second Doc Brown goes into the past, he's just having sex with everything. He's having kids. <laughs> he's just like, well, just forget it now. You hypocritical. He's, he's causing a kind of major rift in the past. Although, you know what? If it happens, though. Then it's part of the past. So yeah, you're kind of going like he did. Like he again, uh, John Mulaney has a little bit of uh, like a really good routine about uh, that. He's a disgraced nuclear physicist. Okay. Somehow. Okay. And, yeah, there is something that Doc Brown clearly did in the past that is the reason this genius is living in a shack. Like there's something. There's something that went really wrong. Huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, Doc Brown going back and get a little. Uh, with the past, maybe that's uh, <laughs> Doc's style. Um, hmm. It's a reason that uh, you know he's not that responsible. So like when, talk. whenever he would have like um, whenever he would have a possible backer, he would end up like seducing the guy's wife, and then that would destroy his chances of getting backing for his time machine. Yeah, yeah. What a and dog. also, you know, for for a guy who was disgraced in the past, yep. uh, fix that shit. Then you know, he's got a time machine. Go back hmm. there, fix it up. Because he had that, you know, he had the newspaper, which was, you know, he was like uh, insane and being dragged away. And then, uh, and then, you know, the newspaper changes and it's like he, him being honored. It's the same thing. He said he's a headline regardless. He's, he's front page news. 
<laughs> it's a small town. It's, it is a small town. It's a small town with a lot of bumpers for Marty to grab onto and skateboard around. And uh, we're all cool with it because it's back then and we're all immortal. <laughs> sure. Do this. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. It's cool. <laughs> Please and, do it. Uh, there you are. Anyway, you should see Back to the Future. Yeah. That's probably on one of those streaming services. Yeah. Also, it might be weird for you seeing it now. Okay. Because they base uh, what Biff becomes yeah. on Donald Trump. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So you've lived that for four years. <laughs> and the future is now clearly in your past. Yes. You know, so yeah. that's also weird whenever you see like, they're in the far future of the year. It's like 2001. Sure. What will things be like? <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. I don't think does that ruin a does that ruin a movie for you? And it's uh, then the, the predictions they made did not come to pass. No, it's it's a bit of a giggle fest though. Whenever there's like you know, uh, this is the farthest we could consi- we could think of for the future. Yeah, you know how far we're in the future? <laughs> Two thousand and one. Holy shit! That is the future, man. Could you imagine what it'll be like then? I can't. Well, we'll show you. Please do. And now it's like that was nineteen years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes! We're uh, you know we're nineteen years past the first monolith. It shows shows that we're just a big disappointment in ourselves. I don't know we, all those we, things we, that we had planned, all the space travel and n- nothing. Well, the space force, we're good. We're fine. <laughs> guess so. Guess we should celebrate that TV show. And of course, and of course, what's the oh, who was the foreign leader who recently uh, mentioned that uh, aliens are real? Who was that guy? Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, no, I missed. I missed this revelation. Oh, you missed that aliens are real. I didn't know oh. that there was a QAnon uh, world leader. No, no, there was a, there was a, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the former Israeli space security chief um, uh, just uh, revealed that aliens are real, and um, and uh, you know the leaders of the world uh, know know this. Yeah. Uh, but they're not prepared yet to uh, kind of reveal themselves. Sure. Yeah, uh, Seth. Was it? No, uh, here we go. Yeah, ha- Haim uh, Ashed, former head of uh, Israel's Defense Ministry Space uh, Department, okay. uh, told, told them, yeah, uh, Earthlings have been in contact with the Galactic Federation. Okay. There is an underground base in the sure. depths of Mars sure. where there are American astronauts and alien representatives. Uh-huh. And uh, they just, uh, they don't want to. President Trump is aware of this and was asked not to reveal the information to uh, prevent mass hysteria. It's a, a, already a lie, because as if that guy could not resist telling everyone about it. Well, this is the thing. Like, really, if he's going to spill the beans, he's going to spill them in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> and he's going to be on the way out. just Because, like, like, if he's thinking that he might go back to being president, he's yeah. not going to spill the beans. But if he yeah. knows for sure, sure, last day, getting kicked out, Aliens are real. Like, he will just <laughs> let you know. That'd be the last thing he'll say. You know, like, um, Eisenhower left with a warning about the military-industrial complex, you know, his final his final speech. And Trump will, <laughs> Trump will be dragged away from the dais going, aliens are real! Yeah. All right. And it would make sense that he would want to do Space Force yeah. if he was uh, thought aliens were real. Um, I just thought he wanted to do Space Force because he's essentially a child, but okay. Well, that's true. But also, if you think aliens are real. <laughs> my, my theory, my theory would be yeah. that you know that Trump is a is a dangerous nut. So if you if you know that a guy's a dangerous nut, you got to keep him busy. You got to keep your kid busy. You can't just give him an iPad and let him play because he doesn't understand iPads. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got to tell him, look, there is a galactic federation <laughs> that you can be part of. Yeah. 
But first, you got to be mum about it. Shut up. Don't tell nobody. Sure, about sure. Uh, but then yeah, he won't want to, you know, invade the world or do anything else stupid on Earth because there's a the Galactic Federation. It's a bigger, it's a bigger score, you know. So he's like, okay, well, you know, eventually we'll deal with this Galactic Federation thing. I'll make the space force, we'll, and then I can reveal that we're part of the Galactic Federation. Yeah. And hey, I'll make the I'll make the space force logo. Exactly like the Federation from Star Trek. How about that? And then <laughs> we'll just make fucking Star Trek happen. It'll, I'll be the guy who did Star Trek. Or yeah. Star Trek. There we go. And then I'll be, you know, remembered forever as that guy. Like, sounds great. Okay, so you'll do that, right? Yeah. Okay, well, you plan that. You be busy doing that. Pretend you're golfing. Pretend you're golfing. <laughs> People believe that. But you're really working on the Galactic Federation yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell anyone what you're doing. Pretend you're watching TV. Pretend you're doing anything else. Pretend you're just lazy, uh, but you really work on Galactic Federations. Yeah. Huh. Here, learn this language. It's Venusian. <laughs> Practicing that, you know, on Duolingo. Okay. Let me just see if I can do it here. Uh, I bay, I may, on all day, rump day. <laughs> Venusian. I just like the fact Old that, well, I like, I like, I like the fact that, see, what, when we start talking about this, you kind of made like that classic error that I think people make when they're talking about these things is that you you conflated or you inflated that person who made this cuckoo remark from just being some sort of like, you know, mid-level nobody to like a, a leader of a country. So you said, oh, a leader of the country said they were aliens. I'm like, oh, a leader of the world, uh, you know, like a leader of a nation said this. That's, that's uh, crazy. And then you went, oh, actually, he was just like some sort of minor... <laughs> minor functionary in the department of defense in the space space thing for for israel well, okay. it was the head of the is israel's defense ministry mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty that's pretty high up yeah sure sure okay. but are we really like are we really gonna like i mean like bill barr was the attorney general of the united states like you know like this is the show like but any any schlub can be like it, any schlub can be put people you know, who are up. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that the leader leader, you know, is, is necessary. Yeah. It's just people who are a little bit down that are actually doing the leader. In I don't, you know, they don't have to get fired. Like every <laughs> four years. You actually get some. No, this guy would, this would be a political appointee. He'd be someone oh, okay. who uh, would leave with the, with the, with the, the government. But uh, yeah, so it, just, it feels like a bit of a aliens, cuckoo. Though. So they're aliens. So let's say they're aliens. Uh, sure. How does that make you, do you feel good about that, or do you like? Uh, oh no, totally screwed. Okay, so I have to pretend that I think this is real. Okay, so yeah. How do I feel about it? if I really thought this is like if someone told me they're aliens? Sure. Well, I would certainly be like if someone told me there are aliens like actively involved in the world affairs and stuff like that. I I think that would be kind of worrisome, just because I don't. I have a hard time like like with the with the concept that there's not some sort of self interest in why. <laughs> why people would go to so much trouble to, to come here, you know, like, cause it would be like a great deal of trouble to come from somewhere that's inhabitable to here. And then, and if you just came just to like, sort of like bother cows and, and put on, you know, like sort of light displays in the sky, but never like contact people or you do it in some sort of surreptitious way now where you have like a, 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 a <laughs> you have a space station on Mars where, you know, American astronauts and, and whatnot are like, and aliens are meeting together. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's exciting, like the idea that someone like so, if they did come here and it was for, like on a mission of of peace, yeah, you know, then that would be very exciting because we would we would 
be making like a major step into like a whole new like paradigm of human existence you know like not just not just the the not just with the like fact i mean of course we i think most people would think that there are other life forms in the universe but just the fact that we like have contact with them and then also the fact that i assume if they're coming here like this they would be like sharing their technology with us and so you know this like not only would we have you know the knowledge of other beings in the universe but also the idea faster than light travel which would be such a an amazing step forward you know i don't know if we i don't know if we'd be uh uh i don't know if i don't know if as a as a as a species i don't know if we're mature enough to have such power but <laughs> because i guess the genie's out of the bottle now they've come and they've given it to us so oh look out universe yeah, that's a that's a trick. Like, are we ready for for the? What I would like to see is, uh, and I don't know if you can do this or not, is uh, and I'm going into fiction now because there you go. Um, <laughs> is is I would like to see a show that's like okay. So you take the premise of Star Trek, take the premise of Star Trek. Yeah. But okay. don't have it be uh, everything wants to kill us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know. Uh, you're going out, you're visiting other planets, yeah. but they're not violent, and the first three people that land with you don't get murdered every time, <laughs> right? So you, so you yeah. do like explore stuff, and then sure. uh, at the end of it, they uh, this other culture who you've been talking about and mm-hmm. with, yeah. uh, they join probably your if they choose to, uh, and then you see as the series progresses how how everything evolves because. You get the technology from all these different worlds mm-hmm. together. It's like, oh, what would that be like? Yeah. But it feels like, you know, uh, the Star Trek folks go to all these planets with amazing technology that then never in any way influences Earth technology. Like, by the time we get to the next generation, what have you done? Well, we invented the holodeck. Okay, that's good. Anything else? Nope. That's it. <laughs> Everything else, we still got stun guns and kill guns. Yeah. And uh, we still go warp speed, and everything's the same. Oh, well, what about, like... That five-year mission and visiting all those planets with amazing technology and uh, philosophies and all that kind of stuff. Anything change? Nope. Oh, well, you're dumb. Then you're dumb. You don't change. You don't evolve. Sure. You know, you're just locked into your ways. What a sad thing this is. But it would it would be interesting to see like a show where like what are you a TV change. show? Yeah, things change like on Earth because sure. like oh we've got this technology now. Oh we've got this, and so it's like constantly evolving and changing it. At a very rapid uh, rate, and uh, like, yeah, kind of a, a fun concept for a show. It kind of actually, what it reminds me of is reading uh, some of the Ursula K. Le Guin novels, where there is like an idea of a, a galactic federation of 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 different planets that op- work together. Uh, so, starting with a race called the Haim, the H I H A I M, and then Terrans, us, yeah, and then the book I just read by her, which is called, I think called The Dispossessed, which it is a story about a, an Earth-like planet that is kind of, it's, they're, in the story, they're called proper, propertarians, so they, they believe in property, but there was a group of people who, under the, under the um, influence of this philosopher, sort of political philosopher named Odo, this woman, they left Earth and, and, and kind of took possession of the moon it was a cooperate it was a cooperative gesture like they the the propertarians wanted to get rid of these people because they're essentially anarchists and so it's like an anarchist society on this moon and then there's this propertarian society and in the story this scientist this physicist who's creating this idea of 
uh, time as a uh, his uh, theory of the simultane si- simultaneity of time. Okay. Uh, has to go to the propertarian planet. I think it's called like Eurus, and he goes there to because he's kind of limited what he can do on on this anarchist planet, and because they, he realizes there they have without realizing it they have created their own kind of shackles that's holding you know it might not be like police but it's it's you know opinion and you know an obligation and stuff like that is creating this own kind of prison for people and it's hard for you know hard for people to break out to be who they are you know and so he decides he's going to go to this urus where he can where he can work on his theory and and hopefully like finish it and stuff like that but it's he ends up in a different kind of prison and it's a really interesting book but in the story like the terrans come just by through happenstance and they kind of come upon this or no they're there already sorry they have a consulate on this planet and he goes to them but it's really quite interesting to have like because they're not they're not us they're they are like they are kind of like us they have like human qualities but they've developed and evolved separately from us so they're in the story they're taller you know they're slightly different and and then there's another book by her called the left hand of darkness that takes place in the same idea like but in in that book this guy's invention, this guy's creation of the of the theory of simultaneity of time, has created these things, these uh, de- these um, devices that you can communicate. But be- through the, his theory, they can communicate instantly, as if there's no huge, you know, millions of light years of distance between people. They're able to like bypass that that break of time because of this theory or whatever. So in the story, so this guy goes to this planet, and on this planet, people are male and female at once. So they can be male or they can be female and they'll change their roles, uh, you know, throughout their life or depending on different situations and things. So, so that's a very interesting book too, because there she's trying to write about the idea of what would we, what would people be like if they weren't male or female, but are just like, like kind of a blend of the two and what, you know, how would, how would a person coming from a, a world that is, has that binary thing, how would you relate to those people and it's it's quite a great book also has a really rousing ending where they cross because the planet is a it's still in the middle of, a, of its um of its ice age mm-hmm. so it's this huge flo- frozen planet and in the story they have to like cross basically across the arctic area of the of the planet to escape uh escape the situation and it's just a fantastic uh r- great finale to the story they're really good books uh really cool. like uh, i kind of stumbled into buying the left hand of darkness i found it at valley village about a half a year ago or so and i just picked it up because it was i was interested in reading her and then uh, i uh just thought it was great so i've been kind of looking for her books they're hard to find though they're not really popular in bookstores well, it's a good uh it's a good thing maybe to put on our our page and uh, recommend that. <laughs> yeah I, well i yeah if you have not read ursula k Le Guin, uh, i ha- hardly recommend particularly the left hand of darkness i think that book is is just fantastic but the dispossessed was interesting as well i mean there is a lot of like discussion of political philosophy and things like that which can sometimes if you're not like into that it can kind of slow you down but it's but it's not as like it's not as intense as what Heinlein Heinlein did like that guy really like boy oh boy the moon is a harsh mistress that book I'd never finished it I I just got bored of it and it was a book about revolution but he's so like intricate in how he thought about like how it would work and I don't and like he kind of created like the idea that terrorists use later on the idea of like creating cells that didn't communicate with each other so that you were operating as like a an organism, but you didn't know what the other parts of the organism were doing. So that if you got captured, you couldn't give up other people. Mm-hmm. And so he created that. In the, and it's just, it goes on all this detail about how you would mount a revolution and how you would organize it and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like <laughs> reading it. And you're just like, ugh. 
let's get on with the or let's get on with the revolution so much work yeah 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 his but books are kind of like that gotta, yeah one thing you got to give the french revolution is like first of all they had a revolution yeah and also they had to do it while speaking french that's hard <laughs> Language. How do they get? Yeah, how do they communicate with each other? It's like, like uh, bonjour, uh, comme ça va? I don't know. You know, you gotta communicate. That's right. Uh, that's... Baguette, uh, formidable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, guillotine. They, well, they tried to invent a bread slicer, and they ended up with a guillotine. They didn't mean to have a guillotine, but uh, there you go. You know, it's hard yeah, to know sometimes. Who was the first person to invent it? Damn guillotine. Uh, Mon- Monge- it was Monsieur Guillotine that was named after the inventor, wasn't it? Probably. Or maybe it was Madame, Madame Guillotine. I'm not sure, too, too sure who invented it. I just think it's, uh, it's such a horrific thing to invent and so vague and so awful. And just like someone invented it and they went like, yeah, good. We'll do, yeah, that sounds good. Well, they had a lot of, they had a lot of people to kill. So they needed something that could process it really quickly. How is that faster than an axe? Like a big axe. Boom. Really? I guess. No, because an axe, axe doesn't kill in one blow. You have to like, yeah. you have to whack and slash, slash away until the neck, the head falls off. So, this thing was like a, it was you know, it was meant to be humane. Like it killed you really quickly. It wasn't like a painful process, like being, you know, having your your neck severed in four or five blows like an axe. So it was meant to be like humane. It was more humane than than hanging, and it was more humane than than burning at the stake, and it was more humane than than you know, having your head chopped off or drawn and quartered. You know, there's all kinds of ways that people were where the capital punishment existed in the past, right. and this was meant as like a humane op option. And the fact that it led to the reign of terror, and you know, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands, of lives were were just thrown away in this in a bloodbath. Besides that you, fact, you know, it's, yeah. Do you know what it was originally called? The guillotine? Yeah. No. And I don't mean like the fictional, like because there's fictional versions of it that didn't didn't exist. Okay. For real. Uh, but uh, but it was originally called uh, the I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's spelled as in Louisette, as in the word Louise, and then at at the end. Okay. Okay. But then it was later named after, as you were saying, uh, French physician and Freemason Joseph Ignace Guillotine. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he came up. He went like, "Hey, how about we?" <laughs> <laughs> I propose that we use this device to yeah. carry out execution. Sure. And they went like, oh, that's uh, very good. Yep. Yeah. He was yeah. a death penalty opponent before that. Isn't it amazing? But it, I mean, it, it, he was a, he, he was an opponent, mm-hmm. but since it was inevitable, I guess he thought, well, let's at least have it humane rather than be yeah, like a... he didn't like the breaking wheel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, no kidding. <laughs> it's good. good for you, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I guess there's an interesting article I was reading. Oh, this is quite a few years ago, and it was talking about younger, younger and older siblings. And it was talking about how, like, you know, obviously there's, there's different, there's, you know, this is a broad generalization, but generally older siblings tend to be, law, you know, tend to be conservative in nature. They tend to be law obeying and they tend to, they tend to, like, um, they're, yeah, they're just conservative. Then they want, like, order and they want things to be just so right so whereas younger like younger siblings they they tend to be more uh anarchic they want to have they tend to be more revolutionary they want change they don't want things to stay the same mostly because you know they're not especially in those days they weren't benefiting from primogenitor which meant all the all the property and all the all the money went to the oldest oldest son and the rest of the family just got you know just got the le- the, the the leavings and so so when you look at so he was saying when you look at the revolution when the revolution started it was all younger sons who were the leaders of the revolution mm. so all you know so they're the people who 
you know, want change and are fighting for change and are pushing forward on it. But when you get to the reign of terror, when it just became like a bureaucratic, you know, nightmare of murder, then it's all older siblings who were in charge of, of, of the French government at that point. So like Robespierre and people like that were, were the old, oldest sons. So they're, they are about power keeping, you know, they're not, they're no longer yeah. about change. Now they want things to stay the same. And so the guillotine becomes very important. It becomes a tool of, of control and keeping everything status, everything status quo. And I'm sure, I'm sure you know this, but when, I think we may have even done this as trivia on this show. When was the last uh, death by guillotine in France? The last death by guilty? I don't know. Let me just think. Um, it's within your lifetime, I'll say that. Oh, really? So I'm going to say, oh boy. So I'm going to say sometime in the 60s then? Let's say 68? You are a little bit off. Oh. It's 1977. Really? That far? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, like, I mean, I, I consider like a, the electric chair to be like a barbaric in, you know, sure, instrument sure, of torture. Sure. And I mean, they're still using it, right? Uh, in France? No, no, I just mean like in America. Like we still, yes. like yeah, it's the, still uh, being used. Uh, not in Canada. Canada, uh, we don't in, have the. In difference. France, what stopped the guillotine? Yeah. Was uh, they just abolished uh, uh, capital punishment? In, well, good for them. One. Good yeah, for them. Good on them. Uh, so that was gone. But yeah, the fir- last person who was uh, killed was convicted murderer uh, Hamim H- Hamada uh, de, de Jean Duby. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it was the last person to be uh, executed by a guillotine. <laughs> that is weird. The idea of like, yeah. it's 1977. Yeah. People are going, hey, the Olympics was great last year, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good in Montreal. Yeah, it was nice. So, yeah, I had a good time. And let's now uh, guillotine again. <laughs> like, what? What year are we in? I don't know. Let's look at our pants. Well, it's 1977. <laughs> our pants are very wide. Very wide, yep. Very wide. Are you yeah. going to go see Star Wars? I am. Because it's out this year. It is. <laughs> Star Wars is out this year. Yeah. Well, off to the guillotine for us. Sure. Let's go check that out. Shit. <laughs> We're France. But do you, do you not feel the same way about the electric chair? Or do you feel like that's more modern, so it's acceptable because it's electric? <laughs> so it feels more modern? I guess I feel... Okay, the electric... Okay. The electric chair is very disturbing. Yes. Yeah. It's disturbing in a way that I don't understand, whereas the visceral idea... Of uh, your head being cut off, yeah, yeah, and you probably still sorry to be disturbing here, yeah, probably still alive, like in the basket, uh, you know, uh, for a little bit. Uh, that yeah. is so disturbing. Whereas the guillotine, sorry, where the the thing that would be disturbing, of course, the electric chair is, yeah, sometimes people catch on fire. Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit, like that's that's insane as well. It's all it's all awful. It's all awful. Yeah, it's, it's all I just, awful. I just... it's all wrong to me. It's all, it's all completely <laughs> wrong. I'm just, just like, curious, uh, which which one's more humane, the guillotine or the electric chair? I go electric chair because I feel like electric chair, you there's something uh, like electricity going through your body that your brain will shut off. It's like what will shut your brain off? And it's like, <laughs> I think having a I think having a blade slice through your through your spinal cord will also shut your brain off, but eventually, but but <laughs> you know the the idea that you know your brain could still be functioning while you're like looking up in the basket, yeah, and still feeling you know the again sorry to be disturbing on this yeah. the pain of your neck being sliced. Yeah, you probably so you wouldn't, gotta, you're probably not feeling anything because the shock would 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 just completely uh and you. The thing is, nobody knows. This is the thing. Your spinal. Like, uh, yeah, nobody knows. You know, they've never really done sufficient research on it. Sure. But, you know, people think maybe. Uh, I get you're saying it's a quicker way, whereas I look at something like, you know, electroshock therapy, you know, just 
a blast of that gets rid of a certain part of your brain, like stops those memories, stops that part of your brain. So yeah, like yeah. A lot of electricity. But it's, it feels to me like, the, uh, like boom, it's all gone. The yeah, but electric chair is not. It's not. It's not like a directed current yeah, going towards trying to help you. Yeah, yeah. It's a little different. Yeah, I. I the the electric um electroshock therapy doesn't erase part of your brain. It it. Uh, it changes the electrical impulses in your brain. So right. it changes how your brain... It's an attempt to change how your, your brain um, works. I thought there was some memory loss when you uh, when you go through electroshock therapy. I was talking about... Um, oh, wait a second. I'm looking, I'm looking it up right sure, now. Sure, sure. And the most persistent adverse effect... Adverse effects, so yeah. not normal effects. Yeah. Uh, the most persistent adverse effect is retrograde amnesia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, patients after receiving it have gaps in their memory for events that occurred close uh, in time to the course of it. Yeah. Uh, but the amnesia may extend back several months or years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not always the case, but yeah. No. Nope. Like, th- it was, says one-third of the patients. Yeah. My, um, I, remember, I mentioned my grandpa had a nervous breakdown and went to uh, spend time in an asylum, and he also went through electroshock therapy as well. And and for the br- the time that I knew him when he was as sharp as attack, he was as sharp as attack. But he did, he did suffer from dementia, so you know, he did lose his memory. But it wasn't, it's probably not related to the electrical shock therapy, or it could be that, or also the fact that he was an alcoholic also can affect your memory. So. so yes, I remember him talking to my dad and saying how terrifying it was for him, as someone who had, out, who had never like, r- had to write anything down to remember what to do, to have to start to be losing like, that ability to like always know what you need, like always remember things and never have to worry. Um, I remember him talking about that, and it wasn't soon after, too long after that conversation that he started to slip away and just sort of become a different, a much more boring person. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know. Yeah, I was watching a clip uh, the other day of uh, an older woman who had uh, uh, some some uh, loss. Uh, and uh, but she was an actress in the forties. Okay. And so they played like one of her uh, movies, sure. and she, oh, she remembered it immediately. Huh. Like immediately, just locked it, boom, gone. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Like I wonder what that's going to be like to you know. Hopefully, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's and whatnot will be cured, uh, you know, in decades or less. Hopefully, less. But like to a generation that is recording itself constantly. Mm-hmm. Constant, and there'll be so much recording of yourself. Yeah, what will that be like if you have memory loss, and yet you've got all this? You know, you can watch yourself, and like, will that then, as in this case, trigger yeah. something that's deep that you go, ah, boom, you know, it, it, it gets it back, or will it just be I'm watching a stranger with my face? Yeah, because for her, for her, for like, she's a, was an actress, so she was remembering something that she did an intensive amount of memorization and rehearsing to do. It's kind of like there's that documentary of Glenn Campbell who had dementia. And even though he couldn't remember his own children or his wife, he could remember all his songs and he could play the guitar really well. Mm -hmm. And that skill, you know, eventually did leave him, but he had that for much longer than he, than he had like memories of his past or who he, you know, who his family was or who he was. But he could like still sing songs because that stuff was so practiced and ingrained in his mind. It was like the last thing to go. So yeah, it's it's it is a it's a pretty it is fascinating that the, the memory. And there also stuff. seems to be a thing with music. There's something, especially if it's a musical thing, mm-hmm. where there's uh, people again with uh, memory loss who then but can clearly remember a song. You start playing a song, yeah, and the rhythm goes in, and it's like ah, this is a, this hits a different level of of things. Yeah, it's like. 
I was kind of wondering about that. You know, I think about, uh, you know, what can I remember in a day? I'm like, okay, I got to remember I got to do these four things in a day. Let's, I can remember those four things. Yeah. Fuck, I've forgotten one of the things. But uh, in other circumstances, I could do a play and I could memorize basically the play. Mm. I could memorize everyone's lines in the play. Yeah. And like for like an hour and a half to two hours worth of a play. I was like, how the shit can I do that? <laughs> well, if, if it's something that you did for a long time, though, so you're, you kind of probably, you probably developed like a, you know, those sort of mind muscles that the, you know, your ability to, well, for your you brain to process I, that really I, quickly. Something I can do is like, if I listen to our podcast, like say I just like go to a random point in our podcast, yeah. and it's been, you know, like a podcast I've, I've done over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can hear us talking. I'll know the next things I'm saying. Okay. But the other, but the things I will really remember are pauses. I'll go like, there was a big pause here. <laughs> this is where Dave dropped something. This is where this happened. Okay. Something that was like a little bit different in the rhythm. Our our rhythm talking. Dave's talking fast, very shortly. He will have a lot to say, and he will really speed up what he's going to say because <laughs> he wants to get it in before I interrupt. <laughs> and I will remember that the secret's out just from boom. And I also I just find that kind of stuff very interesting. Like, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. why do I remember that? But again, my big thing, of course, is names. Names are just because it's just such a random nothing thing. There's no connection yeah. to anything, yeah. you know. So it's just. Whoop. But, uh, you I, know, but I have really good facial recognition software, and my and my name recall is pretty good. I, we went and saw a movie one time, Lisa and I. Uh, strangely enough, at Douglas College, there was some sort of like I don't even know why she was invited to this, but somehow she got this. She just heard about this movie. So we went and saw, and it was based on an Oliver Sacks book or story or something. Sure. You know the doctor. He was do- the, doctor. the man who took his wife for a hat. He was the author of that, yeah. Also the author of Awakenings. Awakenings yeah. yeah, but this was a different one. This was about a boy who had who had um, a huge, a major brain tumor and had to have part of his brain removed when he was a teenager, and he lost. Not only did he lose his long term memory, but he lost his short term memory. So he mm-hmm. could not remember something that happened to him in the past. So he did not know who he was, but he also could not. Re- remember or keep things in his mind like uh you know like if you said to you know uh we're gonna go to the store you know he might say okay you'll go get your coat on and then he might be standing there in his in his coat but he has no idea why he's in his coat now because he's forgotten Mm. that he was going to the store and of course we have like the deep-seated memory that we don't forget like our ability to talk and our ability to walk and things like that so those memories were those things stayed with him so he was able to do the, you know, do sort of the the normal functions of life, but he could not remember, you know, like if you, you know, say you said, you know, Tom, go into the kitchen and and make make a sandwich for me, you know, you might go in there in a bed, he'd just be standing in the kitchen and he doesn't remember why he went in there, you know, and so, but what he could remember though was the music he loved as a as a as a teenager, mm. and so his dad used that as a way to connect to him, you know, he could play him like. Like they used the Grateful Dead in the movie because I guess they were able to get like the Grateful Dead in concert for the film. So they used the Grateful Dead as an example of a band that, you know, that he loved. And the movie kind of ends with him and his dad who didn't get along very well because the dad, oops, sorry, I'm gesticulating, of course, as usual. Um, I'm going to sit on my hands here. And he, uh, just one second, I'm just going to pause for one second. It just started raining out. So I just want to get that sound so I can get rid of it. Um, so yeah, so the end of the movie is his dad takes him to a Grateful Dead concert, and you know it's his music that his son remembers and loves, and it's this real connecting moment between them, and it's quite it's quite an affecting scene. But yeah, it's an interesting film. You know, it's a, it it's a, it feels like a, almost like a TV movie because it's such a small story, but 
It's, it was a very, it was very interesting. I can't remember what it was called though for the life of me. I'm sorry. Cause that part of my brain, I had that part of my brain removed in a different incident. I've been, I've been going through a thing. I lately. peed on a third rail and lost sure, that part of my memory. Not? That's the funnest rail to be on. <laughs> um, I've been, I've been going through a thing uh, lately where uh, I've been having uh, really rough dreams, like really rough dreams. How do you mean and, rough? Sorry. Uh, How do you mean rough? Uh, very uh, well. You mean uh, like emotionally rough or? Um, sure. I'll go, I'll go with that. Okay. Uh, but, uh, okay. There's, there's a couple aspects of it. One is I'll have mathematical dreams that will connect to other dreams that will then repeat into other dreams and fold into other dreams and connect. Okay. Like there's, I'll, I'll have a lot of that kind of stuff going on or just your typical stress dream of, Oh, here's your big opportunity, but now you can't read. They'll have that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. But, but, but something that I've really gotten into lately is, uh, is I'll start to have a dream that I've had, I know at least 50 times, before. but I don't remember the dream when I wake up, but I know I've had it. And when I'm just on that edge of it, I know what's going to happen and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Oh, wow. So I'll have a lot of these repeating dreams. Sure. Like, and, and, and I have a lot of that stuff going on to the point where I've now started writing it down. But I always fi- I find it so weird that there's clearly a part of my brain that retains things long term. Yep. But I can only access if I if I'm in this sort of subconscious state mm. or semi subconscious state. Yeah. But the second I come out of it, I've basically got about ten seconds to write down what it was, <laughs> or it just eats itself and mm. vanishes. Mm-hmm. But if I then go back to sleep, I could go back to that world absolutely, and it's completely as it has been. Uh, you know. Uh, dozens to hundreds of times hmm. in the past. I've got this subconscious world in my head that I that I that I visit, and I've got at least uh, at least ten of these uh, dreams that happen repeatedly as well. To the point where, like, I've started to go to sleep much later now, just to try and alter my sleep patterns because it was kind of making me ill. These uh, these dreams they were just so stressful and so repetitive, and uh, and I think it's I think it's because. Uh, the days are so re- repetitive and stressful now yeah, that the dreams yeah. are, are, are duplicating. Them. Um, and huh. so, yeah, I'm trying to like uh, change it a bit. But it's just so weird. The memory, there's a there's something in my brain yeah. that is retaining these worlds and these ela- and, and I dream elaborate scenarios, full cities. And there's times where I'll just sit in my dream and I'll just look around and just go, that's a lot of fucking detail. This is a lot of detail. <laughs> This is an HD detail, full city, yeah. all these little windows, all this world, the sky, the, all every tree, yeah. uh, the animals running by. I'm sure. like, shit, what is, what is the point of this? Yeah. This is too much work that my brain's doing. And then if I wake up, it's gone. It vanishes. But then I'll go back to sleep and it'll be, it'll <laughs> be there again completely and I'll remember completely. It's well, just so strange the way the brain works. For sure. When you wake up, do you remember to spin a top? <laughs> Uh, no, that would be uh, that would be. They really sound like they really have like a sound of fever dreams to me, where that has that oh, yeah, repeating yeah, yeah, yeah. quality to it. You can't yeah, seem to it escape. Does feel there's a bit of something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I I, I am sick, I do dream mathematical dreams for sure. Oh, okay, okay. It's like my body is trying to solve a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As in, as in my body is trying to heal itself. Uh, so it's trying to solve a problem, and it's it, it can solve this problem, then it will heal. So it's possible that it's connected to that, and again, the stress of feeling that there's this disease in the air that, uh, you know, you've got to, you've got to, got to deal with it because all these people are dying from this disease. Uh, but, uh, you can't do anything about it. So it's looping on itself. And then another mathematical problem starts to try to solve that as well. And I end up with six mathematical problems that are looping uh, as well and trying to connect to each other in the dream. And then I wake up with a screaming headache. Ugh, that's that's me brain. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that, I think it's also just I'm not using my brain enough now in just regular life doing uh, the normal work things I do, mm-hmm. normal exercise things I do, and I don't really go out anymore because it's not super safe to go out. So uh, it's not getting the stimulus. So when it's nighttime, it feels like it must be going just like, let's go to town. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So the other thing I'm trying to do right now is is make things that when I'm awake or, or write a certain amount of jokes or make sure that I do things that stimulate my my brain so that when I go to sleep, it's it might want a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember one time having a – I had the flu. I didn't realize I had it. But it came upon me. But we had we had watched the movie The Mexican. Do you remember that film? Sure. And so I got this flu, and I, I ended up sleeping downstairs just so Lisa wouldn't be disturbed by by me with trying to sleep through the flu. And uh, I was going to say for with Mexican spoilers, <laughs> and then in the Mexican, get downstairs. <laughs> and then, Johnny, so get downstairs. I just spent the whole night dreaming about that movie. Mm. Like I didn't even like that movie. So I was just like, this is terrible. I'm sick. And then I'm just like reliving this stupid movie over and over again. This is so terrible. But then I wait. And I think that's probably the first time I remember having fever dreams like that. I don't really have, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really get sick that often. So it's not, uh, it's not a constant thing, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's strange that you're, it's funny how our subconscious has to work through things for us, but it doesn't sound like your subconscious is being very helpful for you, though. It feels like it's, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's it, I mean, it's it's something, I mean, God, I mean, what we're going through right now mm. isn't like something, you know, we've ever gone through. It's something new, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's just like, there there is something to every day waking up and like going like, I would normally watch the news, but I know the news is just going to be awful. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be generally awful with maybe a little bit of something about, uh, you know, vaccines. It'll be like, hey, we got some. Um, well, that's good. Are we getting them? Eh, sometimes, maybe. Uh, we we found a bunch in a uh, over here. Oh, can we use those? Maybe. We'll see. Maybe in the future. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but well, that's not how it's that's not how it's going at all. And I know that for a fact. So. Well, the, I oh, I understand that. We can get into that if you want. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Of course. They did just they just did ha- find like a whole bunch of Pfizer vaccines in a warehouse that uh, you know, bas- millions of vaccines in a warehouse. They're like, what do we do with these? I don't know. Wait, wait. In Canada, out. they did. No, not in Canada. Oh, no, okay. In the okay. States. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that's so, that, that uh, tracks. Yeah, and there's also the thing with these vaccines where uh, they're supposed to have like uh, five, like a, an amount for five people in them, but it turns out they've got s- seven uh, in them, and it's like, oh, we've got more than we thought we had. That's good. Okay, what do we do with this? And like, oh, all this random stuff. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, you know, all the numbers are like, well, it was another of the worst day ever. <laughs> and here's here's a ridiculous amount. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you a statistic that will sound insane, but this is real. It's like shit. Yeah. You know, uh, in Los Angeles County, one in eighty people have it. What? Wow. That's, that's what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. One it in just, eighty. It, it just uh, it just overtook heart disease in the states as the number one killer. Okay, but it's I know it's connected to heart disease as well. Yeah. But it is the, the and you can play that game if you want and just go. Okay, but COVID alone, and it's like, no, it doesn't have to be alone. Why would it have to be alone? It's mm-hmm. just it's the fact. It's a fact. But yeah, you just hear something and just go, ugh. While this other thing is getting better, these horrible things here over and over again, just beating you down, beating you down, beating mm-hmm. you down. It's going to give you dreams. It's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up. But you know, you know, here in BC that we've had a drop in our case case numbers, right? So yeah, the way you still see the amount of people that you know died, you know, yesterday, and just go like, that's twenty one people. Yeah, twenty-one people died yesterday, and I know it's all. I get the positive, but I also think 
that's 21 actual people oh, yeah. that, uh, that died. You know, with, with families, you go, well, some of them are old. So fucking what? <laughs> it's families, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not even the people that die. Even people who are like, go through it and come out the other side have, you know. The, the long haulers, yeah. Have, you know, uh, there was, Lisa was saying she was listening to the radio and they were talking to a, a gentleman who went, had COVID and, you know, came out of it okay, except that he has, he lost a sense of taste and a, a little bit of a return, but now he can't eat some of the food, his favorite foods. He can't eat chocolate or peanut butter and stuff like that. It tastes, it tastes like it's rancid to him. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh, what an unfortunate side effect of this stupid thing. Yeah, so it's, it's like the disease is not just deadly. Yeah. It's mean. <laughs> it's petty. Yeah. It's an asshole. Yeah. It's just like this disease that just goes, hey, like Christmas, huh? <laughs> like being with your family? Yeah. No. No, you can't have that. Yeah. No, you can't have that. Okay. Hey, you like chocolate, huh? No. <laughs> Taking that away from you forever. Mm-hmm. There you go. How do you like that? Just like, don't be a dick. Even Cancer's looking at it going like, what are you an asshole for? Oh, you're talking to me, Cancer? Yeah, you like, don't be an asshole about it. It's, it is scary. Yeah, it's, it is it's scary. completely scary. Where you, all right, okay, and you can tell me if you're comfortable talking about this or not, but like, uh, the vaccination situation. It's, are you are you comfortable bringing that up? Or is oh, that sure, sure. It's interesting. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, yeah. Mary, well, Mary got uh, got the vaccine uh, yesterday. Now this, this. Let me just. Okay, this is me being a hype man, and I'm just going to do this real quick. And sure. This is promotion. <laughs> okay. We know we know you know quite a bit about COVID. Yeah. But we don't know everything of it, and some people I think might be going like, I want to listen to a podcast. Sounds good. <laughs> what kind of podcast do you want to listen to? I want to listen to a podcast, but I'm worried I might catch COVID. From well, <laughs> your best bet then is to find a podcast yeah. that's hosted by someone who had the vaccine. Oh, but where's where's that in all of Canada? <laughs> find me that. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Mm. I got a podcast for you called the Sneaky Dragon Listening. Group, there you go. Where like half of the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cannot be a host. Well, they, they, they're going to take a second shot later. But like, yeah, but yeah, right. Your co-host in that and your daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Mary, uh, got the vaccine. So she did, um, yeah, yeah. Because she's uh, because she works in a care home. She works she works with uh, an assisted living home with the elderly. So I, I guess that's been decided that that they're the will be the first recipients of the vaccine. And so yesterday she was at work and she was told that. She needed to go to the hospital and and get vaccinated. So so she drove over. What was interesting? There's a what I thought was interest very interesting was that there was no indication of where the vaccine was being given. Uh, like it's, it's very secret what what's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I guess there's been bomb threats against the the uh, where vaccinations are being done against the oh, clinics. I thought, I thought this was just going to be like people stealing it. No, people have been people have been phoning in bomb threats. Why? What's the what's the logistics there? What's the what's because the they're against the vaccination, so they they want to it, stop it from being given oh, to people because it's going to fuck, cause all it. these problems. You don't know that they're in, they're injecting with with microchips, Ian. Fine. Does it give me <laughs> anything with the PS Five? Well, do I get to, do I have to use a controller anymore? <laughs> as Mary as Mary said, she she said, uh, "A, I have injected dogs with microchips, and those needles are huge." And B, the microchips are very basic because they cannot have that much information on them because they're small. They're small enough to be inje- injected. Right. So, you know, they're just, they're not going to have any 5G and all that kind of nonsense in them. But, you know, whatever. Try and tell that to people who don't believe in science. So, um, yeah, so she went and she, she said it took about five minutes for the actual, like, process of, like, answering the questions. There's a questionnaire just asking if you're, you know, if you're allergic to 
if you've shown allergies to, to vaccinations in the past, if you had vaccinations recently, you know, all those sort of questions. And then, yeah. and then she got her shot, which she said it was basically like a flu shot. And then she had to wait 15 minutes because I guess there's a one in a million chance with the Pfizer vaccination that you will have an anaphylactic reaction. Okay. And so I guess those reactions occur within 15 minutes. So they have you wait to see if you, you'll be okay. And so once that time passes, then she was able to, to leave. So yeah, she said there were two security guards there, one at the doorway and then one inside to keep everything tickety-boo. And yeah, I don't think the worry is about stealing it. I mean, like, obviously that's a possibility. I think they're more worried about uh, people, some of these people who are very angry about things for no particular reason, it seems to me, but yeah, carrying around a lot of anger inside them. Who People are, uh, are messed now. The second shot, so she's going to get the second shot like, yeah, later this it's, month. It's uh, 21 to 28 days yeah, and is that is that the same vaccine again? That's right. It's just a that? booster shot. So she's she's basically she is she is like she has a vaccination, so she's vaccinated. Yes, but she needs to, to make it permanent. You need to have the second the, the right. have the booster shot. But she's it's just like if you got if you went and got your your um your polio vaccine or your MMR or whatever, you will go back for your booster shots. You are still vaccinated against those illnesses. You know, even before you get your booster shot, the booster shot is just to be kind of like put the, you know, the last nail in or whatever, the right. the, the, the hat on top of it all. I can't now, think of a so, I can't think of a proper analogy or, or metaphor for the end of the. Now, how, <laughs> much, how much blood is she allowed to get? Like, just, to, just to transfer with you to make sure that you're clear too. You know, I know it's fine. It's fine. Okay, I mean, just like a glass of it to drink, mm-hmm. just to like you know, you know, get get a little bit of the aftermath. And I guess when the Moderna one comes out, then that will be used for the for the actual people in the homes, because right now it's only the care the care workers are being being uh, vaccinated. Okay, so they're not doing it with the older people because um, because of the nature of the Pfizer vaccine, where it has to be kept at minus seventy. Yeah, they can't. They don't want to transport the elderly out of the homes to the hospital and expose them to, to everything. So, so I guess the plan is eventually when the Moderna one comes, which can be set up like a flu vaccine, you know, like a flu, flu vaccine clinic would be set up at a, at an old, at a, at a care home. Hmm. Um, they'll set it up and then they'll just do, they'll just uh, inoculate or vaccinate all the, all the residents. Now, when uh, you get the, when you get the vaccine, um, how long do they thought thaw out uh, for like to get it to it? Because, you know, it's that's obviously not uh, freezing uh, beyond freezing. <laughs> and then shot your arm. I don't know. I don't even know if Mary Mary thought to ask that. It's a brain freeze there. Like clearly, people aren't. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a freezing vaccine that's put to your body. Maybe it's like maybe it's like um, a alcohol. It doesn't freeze in the cold, so it's just uh, well, maybe <laughs> it just yeah, keeps so it she, keeps it stable. I, I don't know. I don't know. But so I, her, she and Ian McKellen both have it. Yeah, I know. I imagine they wouldn't shoot it in when it's, it's minus seventy. You don't want to. That's something I remember reading one time about um, a common way that that prospectors were killed in the Yukon was that they would make the mistake of drinking their alcohol when they were in really cold conditions because they wouldn't realize that the alcohol was as cold as the outside. Oh, geez. And so yeah, they'd yeah, yeah. drink it and it would freeze their innards and they'd just keel over dead on the spot. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah. So, you wouldn't want to be like injecting that into you. So, yeah, they must they must have some way to – they must have some sort of system where it comes to room temperature then it's quickly – uh, use because they obviously it's it's very unstable so they can't leave it sitting around at room temperature for very long. Yeah, there's a thing. Um, oh, there's two, there's two things I wanted to cover real real fast. This one where you're talking about the microchips and the dogs and it has to be so simple. Yeah, that just reminded me of something that I saw on YouTube that was that was pretty good. Where they have um, have you seen the pregnancy test that they turned into a video game? No. Yeah, 
it's like there's a pregnancy test and it's got enough uh, memory in it yeah. uh, that you can uh, do a rudimentary version of Doom on it. And you could play Doom on a pregnancy test. Oh, really? Yeah. It's very, very, very basic. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm sure it is. But like, hey, so was Doom in, it, in its heyday. Yeah, so. but you'd be seeing and go like, that's Doom. You can <laughs> do the first level of Doom on a pregnancy test. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty neat. That's, that's, pretty kind of, neat. that's kind of funny. Yeah. I just, I just wonder, like, when you're saying, like, people are, like, bomb threats. It's just like, good God. Good God. Like, is there anything positive that could be out there that someone wouldn't go, uh, get it? <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, people, I mean, it's an unfortunate, you know, this sort of breakdown of trust, I think, is what we've been seeing. And I think it's, uh, you know. Did polio it, go through this? Did people go like, well, I'm not getting a polio yeah, shot? Yeah, it did gonna, go through this. But no one was like, I'm going to burn the hospital down. No, I, but, you know, I think, yeah, I don't think people's emotions are riding quite as high as they are nowadays. Like, I feel like yeah. we're just at this real... Hot, real peak emotional <laughs> period you know and it could just be partly to do with the times we're living in where you know it's we've gone through a very emotional uh, or america's gone through a very emotional four years and and or longer and then um yeah. and i think the going through this the, going through the covid quarantine has been very emotional for people and i think you know and you know you, the thing you have to understand is that uh they think they're right you know, they think they're right that the masks are what's killing us. They think that they're right that yeah, that uh, diapers on your face. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, that five G is is going to control us. They, they, these are things that they're not just saying these things as to prank you. They they really believe them. So you you know you're you're not you're not dealing with like you're not dealing with people on an intellectual level. You're dealing with people on a, an emotional level because they're not they're not thinking of these things rationally. They're thinking about them. In an emotional way, I don't. I don't mean irrationally. I mean they're being just emotional about it yeah. because they don't. They don't have a rational way to approach these problems. So here's what here's what I don't get. Like, well, first of all, one when they call them face diapers, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, so you think they're okay? First of all, just logically, so you're saying they're like diapers, right? Yeah. So you're saying like a baby should not wear a diaper. <laughs> it's better for them to shit all over. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if they are a diaper, they're catching something that it should be caught. Yeah. And then you wash it, yeah. and then put it back on, and it catches something that should be caught, yeah. and it protects everybody. I don't think they mean it that way. No, it's a it's but, it's an insult, right? You're wearing something in your face that's that's no better. That's like it's a diaper. It's a shit filled thing that you're wearing fine. in your face. If it's it, a and if that is the case, then yeah. I'm keeping that shit off of you, right? <laughs> like like if it is a diaper, then it means something toxic yeah, is inside. Yeah. That should not get out. So that's not how they're. That's not how they're thinking about it, though. It's yeah, just, it's an insult. Is it'd be like you know saying you know like if you were being wimpy, like tell, saying that you're wearing a tutu, and then they don't mean that you're an incredible athlete that can right. do all these like amazing physical, amazing physical control of your body like a dancer. That's not what they mean. They mean that you're you know you are wearing a tutu because you're you're a wimp, you're a baby. You know, it's the right. same with the wearing a you're wearing a diaper in your face because you're a baby because you don't you're scared of this thing that's not scary at all. There's no reason to worry about this. Yeah, you know. Here's here's the one thing I don't get is like because uh, you go into like a, a gov- uh, like I check the governor of British Columbia. Like I see the the, the Dr. Bonnie Henry talks. Usually. Yeah, yeah. I'll check I'll check those out and see sure. what's going on. If sure. I can take it, and if I can't, I'm just I can't do these numbers. Yeah. But there's always. The posts underneath, and again, it's a mistake to read the post. But <laughs> what are you doing? Well, what I'm doing is I'm going like, what am I going to be up against? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, these people will eventually, you know, affect things, and I'll go. Who are these guys who are protesting now outside of the art gallery? Oh, yeah. this is what they're thinking. Yeah. But what I what I don't get is when they 
post something like, you know, think about the, the mass or, or anything. Someone posts something about just like, you know, it's just tragic to see this many deaths. They'll, someone will post something that basic or, you know, wishing everybody the best and stay safe. Yeah. And someone will put uh, a little emoji and the emoji is the laughing emoji. <laughs> the laughing or the laughing to the point of tears emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, well, this is a dumb thing to, like, even if, even if, you know, there's someone who's like completely ignorant of something. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, this, oh, they don't know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, but do I find it funny? Because like, we've just said how many people are dead. Like, is it, is it funny? Like, it's just weird that it crosses into that territory. And then you're like, well, this person obviously doesn't want to show their real identity. This is like on Twitter yeah. where it's going to be a name and then like 16 numbers <laughs> and it's going to be obviously a fake person. Yeah. Nope. It's a real person. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if you click on, you know, them, it's them with their family. And it's clearly always with a family. Yeah. They're there with their family and a happy baby. And they're there and they're there with their dog. And they're on a vacation. And, you know, occasionally there'll be stuff of just like Trudeau in blackface. And, you know, someone peeing <laughs> on them. Whatever. There'll be something like that. Or yeah, yeah. there'll be something, uh, the Statue of Liberty hugging Trump. And just going, there, there, you did your best. I did see that one day. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, it's them happy. <laughs> With yeah. your families. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you're a person that's a functioning person in your life, raising a child. You seem to be having a good life. Uh, people are happy and you're all happy. And you decide to go onto a message board and, and just do this weird bully fucking laughing thing when someone's talking about how upset they are at people being dead. How does that, how do you have this yeah. as that and then you have this as that? How do you do both? <laughs> well, because they don't believe that the people are dying. Fine. Then what's funny about it, though? What like this? this well, what's funny is that they're, the person's a sucker for believing this. So they're just and like it, they're just saying like I can't believe that you think this is real. That's what okay. they're saying, right? They're saying I can't you're I can't believe you're falling for the, for the government who wants is just doing this to control us. I could even see if I'm going emojis. Yeah. I roll. I could see like <laughs> oh boy. But it's, but it's so much more hilarious than that. It's not just an eye oh. roll. God. It's so funny that people are such suckers that they're buying this garbage from the government. Yeah, that's the thing I don't get is the is the to the point and like so many people yeah. have the have the laughter thing of just like it's 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 so funny that you feel this way. Yeah. Like I, I can't think of a parallel thing right now, but I'm sure there's things that Okay, here's the thing. Uh like something something like and this just gets a little bit dark, but just like, you know, you have a various uh, views on pro life. Okay. You know, and it's like, okay. So someone is saying something and it's like something that, uh, you know, they're like, it's so sad that these these uh, unborn babies are, 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 are dying. Yeah. Like, oh, OK, well, there's nothing. And blah, blah, blah. But I just thinking that you get to the point where you just put a laughing emoji. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just go like, ah, it's hilarious that you're so uh, broken up about that. What yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Right. Like, I'm trying to think of any parallel thing of just like, you know, maybe there's a war I disagree with. Yeah. And like oh, these soldiers have died fighting in this war over yeah. here. I disagree with the war so strongly, and I'm going to put a laughing emoji. Well, I, I can't sure. see crossing that line. But it's not just point. you're not disagreeing. They don't believe that this is happening, right? Like they literally don't believe. Like remember, remember you saw that nurse talking, that nurse from South Dakota, I think she was South of North Dakota, and she was saying like that she has patients who are on the table in front yeah. of her dying of COVID, but yeah. they don't believe that's what's happening because it's not real to them. It's literally not a real thing. So they are like. In complete denial, they're angry at her because they have pneumonia. They should be being treated for pneumonia. They won't let her contact their families because they're not going to die because it's not real. And then they die. And they don't understand what's happening to them because they literally 
do not believe that it's real. They've just, they've drunk the Kool Aid to such an extent. People, you know, are listening to you know Wait, Trump, so. Trump, and all these other people who are, you know, and and a lot of them, of course, are evangelicals, and they're listening to their leaders of, in their churches and stuff like that. And these people are also uh, saying all this stuff as well, you know. So they're telling their congregations these complete lies. And these people are, you know, they have no. It's sad, but they have no way to to listen to this and go wait what you know if like if if you can like listen to someone tell you that the earth is 6500 years old yeah and you're like got a straight face like it'd be the same so that's the same thing right like what if you said what if you were like posted something and you're like um oh i went to the museum the other day and i saw some you know so great dinosaurs i love you know i really like going to see dinosaurs they're really interesting and then this person put like a laughing emoji underneath what you said what they're saying is i can't believe you think dinosaurs are real yeah you're a chump you're, you're a chump, chump for, for believing that, that. You know, yeah. God created the world in seven days, 6,500 6, year, uh, 65,000 years ago, or whatever, and or 6,500 years, sorry, and and you believe it, and or you don't you don't understand that's what that's the actual fact reality, and what a what a silly person you are. I'm laughing at you, and I'm laughing so hard I'm, I'm crying. I guess I'm looking at like I get that it's, there's factual things like you know uh, where you could roll your eyes or yeah. like. Yep. Jesus Christ is the only way to get into heaven. Oh mm-hmm. boy, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. But but if if you're if you're going with that of just like you know uh, my grandmother just died. Yeah. And uh, you know I'm glad she's with Jesus now. Mm-hmm. And then you put the laughing emoji because like <laughs> this person thinks God exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like wait a minute. That's that to me feels more like it. Yeah. Like, you know, but no, no, no. But 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 it's. I mean, it is to a degree. But you have to remember that there's no one dead. There's no one actually dead from this disease because this disease isn't real. So that just take that off the table. Take off the whole death thing because that doesn't. Right. That's Even not real. You know someone who did die of it, probably. But you have you have justified because you. There's so many people have died that you know of someone who. I don't know anyone. Know, I don't personally know anyone who's died from it. Okay. Um, I've known people who've had it. Okay. But I haven't. I've not. I've not yet uh, had anyone. I would say in America. That I would, would you would, difficult. yeah, you would think that in America you would have, but once again, if you live in, you know, the state of constant denial and cognitive dissonance that these people are obviously living, living in, I mean, I, you know, it reminds, it's, it, it is mind boggling, right? It's mind boggling. It reminds me, again, the Westboro church is a small church that's really not even worth freaking talking about. Yeah. But it's like when someone would die and then they would heckle the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. And you just go like, who would heckle a funeral? Like, yeah. who would who would do this? Like, yeah. no matter what your beliefs, how far gone do you have to do to heckle someone's darkest yeah. moment? Uh, there you go. But it's, it feels like but they, they don't they don't want to do that. They don't want to heckle the funeral. If the, the if Westboro the people? yeah, if the United States military would kick gay people out of the military and you know go back to like you know getting rid of, you know, because God hates fags, you know, as they say, uh, then they wouldn't have to protest at military funerals. It's not their fault that they're there. God commands them to be there. Yeah. To, to t- let people know God's feelings about about gay people. That's why they're there, you know. It's such a weird, by the way, that's such a weird thing to put on a sign. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing. Like, well, even, yes. Well, I get it. I get it just because it's stupid to think it, it's stupid to whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like, you wouldn't put a racial slur on your they wouldn't do that. Like if the person was a person of color, yeah. you would not see a God hates blank no, no. and the racial slur up no. there. You would not see that. Uh, it's just so weird, like a church using a derogatory 
uh, term like that. Yeah. That just seems so unchurchlike. Like, <laughs> well, that's where you do you think? Church, like, yeah. Like the hate, the hate. Yeah. I would go. Yeah, you know, there's hateful churches. Yeah, I'll give you that. You know, you're gonna go to hell. You're gonna burn forever. Yeah. That's a hateful thing to say. Yeah. But I, but then throwing in the slur, the word, yeah. just feels like I don't know why that crosses it to me. But just go, hey, church, you should be a bit more mm-hmm, with your. <laughs> Uh, but, take it up a notch, yeah, right, guys. Yeah, yeah. Put a little, uh, put a little makeup on. Put a little freshen it up. You're wearing our, we're wearing our church clothes here. We're not, we're not using that word, right? That's mm-hmm. not what we do. But you know, our... there's nothing hateful about reality, right? It's like the lady at our church. She, she uh, is, she's Dutch. She grew up going to Christian Reformed churches. Don't you hate the Dutch, by the way? Me uh, personally, uh, not. No, I my my. Hey, you know what size pancakes should be? Smaller. <laughs> Smart enough. Smart Idiots enough with your plate size pancakes. But yeah. uh, leave some. Leave some. Where am I gonna put the rest of my stuff on my plate? <laughs> Use the whole damn thing up for your freaking pancake. Gr- Dutch gr- idiot. Growing up, my best friend's oh, parents were Dutch, so I. I'm oh, okay with great. It. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. So when her husband died, he was an atheist, and also Japanese. But uh, he was an atheist, and and when he died, they. She literally had congregants come up to her and say how sorry they were for her that her husband was going to hell. <laughs> literally said that to her face. Oh, good God. Because to them, he died as a non-believer. He's going to go yeah. to hell. And that's just yeah. reality. So they're not being mean. In their mind, they're not being mean. No. Of course, it's terrible to say. But in their mind, they are commiserating with her on this horrible reality that he died as a non-believer. So he is going to go to hell. And how terrible that is. And I'm so sorry for you that this is, this is the reality, you know? And it's no different than, than, you know, uh, your friend whose son got in a terrible car accident while he was drunk and, and killed someone and is not going to jail. And you say to them, I'm sorry your son's going to jail. It's terrible what happened. You know, what a horrible thing to happen to someone. And, you know, the whole thing is just awful. I'm sorry, sorry about this. You know, like, to them, it's just exactly the same as that. You know, it's just a terrible, it's a terrible thing that he did. He didn't believe in God, and and this is the consequence. And yeah, like of course, that's why she was at our church where <laughs> these things aren't said. But uh, yeah, it's just a weird, uh, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing, and it's hard. It's hard for us because we don't believe those things, and we don't worry about those things the way those people worry about those things. I mean, they literally worry about those things because that that is their reality. If you do not believe in God. If your nephew or your grandson doesn't believe in God, he's going to go to hell. What a terrifying thing to have to deal with, you know? And so, yeah, it's just hard for, I think it's just hard for us to make that kind of, of leap into understanding the fact that, that people who think this way, you know, literally believe, like literally believe it. They're not pranking us. They're not saying it just to be shocking. They're not saying it to, to get under your skin. They, they really think that the government is it's a made up pretend thing that the government is just doing in order to create more control over us and i've heard it from people at work i had a guy at work telling telling me that the government wants to create a cashless society and this is part of their their program to create this fake uh, outbreak and make stores you know no longer deal in money and cash money in order to break down the you know and turn it into a cashless society so they can keep track of us, keep track of our spending, know what we're doing in our lives, you know, have more control over us. And he literally believed this, you know. And and to be honest with you, I'm not going to scoff at him because I'm a civilized person. In my mind, I'm going like, what? 
but you know, like this is what people believe, you know? And so his, his reactions to this, to the COVID crisis is not the same as ours. Yeah. You know, ours is, this is terrible. What's happening. His is, this is terrible. What the government is doing to us, you know, lying to the people pretending this is happening, you know? So, so that are, that's the laughing face, I guess. Is, yeah, is the reaction of, oh, what what kind of fools are you that you can't see what the government is doing to you? I I always look at you know I always look at parables when 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 people do that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and I think like there's a lot of stories of uh, you know Jesus, and uh, again, quite I'm a not, few. I'm not re- you know I'm not really a, I'm not a believer, but I went to you know, uh, the place where you uh, get taught this stuff. Yeah, and I always think like, okay, so here's the scenario. And like you know, Jesus is standing in the background, and uh, and then a person comes up yep. and is at a funeral, and then uh, the woman is there and she's mourning her son, and someone goes up to the person and goes, "I'm so sorry that your son is." Dead. Yeah. And then you go freeze, and Jesus <laughs> says, "What does Jesus say? Does Jesus come up and go like, yeah, high five, got that right? They're right. They're absolutely right." You know, for anything that he has ever said, like in no way does he back you up on that. No, that's an immediate cold. Whoa, who are you to judge? Yeah, you know who. You know that's not your place <laughs> at all. For that, just show mercy yeah. and just like, come on, man. I mean, you've clearly not read the book. You know that's not his style <laughs> at all. Yeah, and then you know I disbelief, but this person disbelieves, so I punched him in the face. Freeze. Let's see what Jesus says about that. <laughs> Yep. Listen, I flipped a few tables, but that's not as far as I go. <laughs> well, he also hit people with with a with a whip, so yeah. Okay, so. hit people with a whip, you know. Uh, but you know, it's it's you know you know what kind it was because it was Jesus. <laughs> Dave, do you know what kind it was? No, I don't. Miracle whip. <laughs> oh well, there you go. That's nice. That's uh, where the uh, that's where that product um, sure. gets the name. Sure, I get after Jesus is I get in the you. Bible. The miracle whip. Sounds yeah. Now now I'm grossed out. Uh, I am so proud of that joke. <laughs> I'm so proud. You, but the problem is, if there wasn't, if there wasn't a horrible group called the Proud Boys, I would start one now. The the problem is, you say it, I picture it. That's the problem. Okay, that's always a problem with jokes. It Uh, is. It is the problem. It is the problem with jokes. (laughs) I I know, unfortunately, too many comedians who are uh, already on the conspiracy bus. Oh, really? I also know ones who. You know, are the edge lords who immediately go like like there's this one guy who's in town mm-hmm. who um, you know is always like going out and doing physical bits on the street, Tom Green style. Okay. So one of the things he did was like when um oh what's it, Doctor Tan? Is that is that her name? Teresa Tan, yeah. Yes. Uh, was saying you should wear three masks, you know, for you know, complete safety. Uh-huh. And so he put on uh he he went out with like two masks, and then when he tried to talk to someone, they couldn't hear him, so he took off the two masks. And then he had one shoved in his mouth. And he pulled it out. And you go like, there you go. That's a joke. But, you know, then, then he's talking to them. And I'm like, well, he just got a bunch of spittle on them. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, uh, and you're now talking without a mask. And I get that you're doing the gag of just like, there you go. It's a, it's a physical bit of comedy. Sure. I admit it's a physical bit of comedy. But, dude, <laughs> yeah. That's a bad thing because you're uh, an edge lord. You know, yeah. lord of the edge. And I, think, like, yeah. and I do think that comedians have a kind of natural turn towards conspiracy because the way their sure. their mind works is to look at things that everyone else takes as normal and subvert it in some way and that's sort of their job so you know their their minds kind of naturally want to p- 
to go in that direction, you know, to to not just accept the government at its word that this is for the best and stuff, you know, and and you do need those sort of people because sure. you you just don't want like society accepting everything at face value that the, the government, government says. Yeah. Horrible things. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find me some stuff where <laughs> someone was taking an injection and it wasn't what they said it was. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. That has happened. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, laughing emoji. <laughs> it's laughing and crying emoji. Laughing and crying emoji. <laughs> but we live in a wonderful world where you can do doom on a pregnancy. So, yeah. you know, you either go like, we're having a baby. Oh, we're not having a baby. Do you want to play some doom? <laughs> sure. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just before we go to letters, I just w- I wanted to sort of um, touch on uh, that you saw a couple of movies that I I saw and, and liked very much. So... I just wanted to, uh, you saw the Kid Detective, I think. Yes, which I thought was a very good film, a Canadian movie. A, a Canadian movie, yeah, for Canada. Yeah, 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 with Adam Brody, uh, kind of playing a hapless kid, uh, well, a hapless adult who was once a a kind of popular kid detective in his hometown, sort of An a encyclopedia brown, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, a great brain, sort of a, a character who uh, was able to, um, you know. Be like kind of a Sherlock Holmes and find the immediate answer to anyone's problems, and mm-hmm. and of course he, it's uh, quite a good film. I thought very he does a great job in it. The young woman who plays his client was also very good, and uh, it could have been a straight parody. Yeah, but and it sort of sets up like it's going to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then it goes really into some interesting uh, places. Yeah, yeah, it super sticks the landing. Yeah, yeah, I really like when he takes that courage drug. Yes, and uh, then it wears off. That's a fat- fantastic little bit. And, uh, yeah, he's just, it's a, it's a role that he's really designed for. You know, like um, I know that uh, I know that Whit Stillman loves him because he's used him in Damsels in Distress and then in his pilot for the the, the Cosmopolitans. So um, I think he does have that kind of Stillman esque element of that sort of uh, that kind of um, I don't know what to call him. Sort of the romantic liar. That's the character sure. that I would call the his his part in those in those shows or films and stuff so and i thought yeah i really enjoyed that and then you saw tenant as well right which i don't want to go too much into because I, I i actually i love I that film i don't think i can <laughs> you don't think you can you feel like you're uh, lost lost well, well, you know i i got you know yeah there's a visually visually really interesting i uh amazing I, uh, yeah you know, i was uh, i was along for the ride mm-hmm. um it's it's weird with a christopher nolan movie there's certain ones that you just go like okay this is the gimmick Okay, First, it's almost like watching an M Night Shyamalan movie. Just like, okay, sure. what's the what's the thing? He likes he he loves a high concept. Uh, yeah, he loves that. It literally feels like he takes a script, goes to the top of the stairs, throws it down the stairs, <laughs> mixes the pages together, and now goes justify it. Yeah. There it, you go. It's funny. Um, I did. I recommended it to one of the guys that worked. I I I knew that he would enjoy it. Um, and he did finally watch it, and he just came in, and he's just like. That was amazing. I watched it twice, and then you know we've been like constantly talking about it since then, and and going over scenes and speculating about this and that, and explaining things to each other, and and uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's just one of those films. I, I of course I saw it with Lisa and Victoria. I went and saw it there, and then the rain is back, and then I just got a little quick pause again. I might have to get rid of this rain as well. And so we went and saw it in Victoria, and I just loved it so much. Uh, so then when I came back, I I took the girls to see it in IMAX and then uh, they then uh, Mary loved it so much that she went and saw it again so it's been one of those I think it's a movie that pays it pays to watch it again 
because uh, some of the more complicated elements of it become a bit clearer. But uh, yeah, it's a very... I, I really enjoyed it because I I could, I just felt like he was doing something that was hard, it's hard to do, which is to make an interesting James Bond movie. Okay. You know, like, it's obviously like... It's obviously set like a James Bond film. You know, it has a kind of cool protagonist. It has, a, you know, some action set pieces. And... But then he then he kind of puts a, a twist on it that makes you know even like this a heist scene slightly elevated from what it would normally be in a film. You know what I mean? Like people. Yeah, go ahead. Don't know. You say. You say what you're gonna say. Oh my my one. Oh, I got kind of a bigger point. So why you you go you do you first? I was just gonna say. So you know, like something like a heist scene that you've seen a million times in movies. You know, you're kind of like, oh, what you know, what can they do to do it differently? And oh, no, they did. <laughs> they figured out a way to make it make it different and make it interesting. You know, it's just, it's. Yeah, so what are you going to say, though? I was just going to say, so, you know, I put this with Interstellar and Inception. Okay. Uh, and the big concepts. Yep, yep. Really big concepts. Sure. Um, but, like, especially, like, Inception. Inception, to me, had too much people explaining how it all worked. Mm. So, like, even mm. though it doesn't really explain it to you completely, yeah. you know, they go, like, all right, so here's how we go. We do this, <laughs> we do this, and that was this, and this, and this, and then you end up with a hat. Ah, you got the hat. Right, but you don't have a hat. I thought it was wearing a hat. They're also pants. Oh, I see. And then you go into it. Sure. I almost would like films like Interstellar or Tenet or 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 uh, Inception. Yeah. Where don't explain it to me. Mm. Don't have like a character just go. You know, the one thing I don't understand. Like, let's not do that. Let's just go. Like, okay, so you figured this out. Yeah. I'll explain it to you. Cut away. I don't need to know. And then you're doing the shit. Let me figure it out later. It's okay. Yeah. I like the mystery. The mystery's fine. But there's just a bit too much of just like, okay, you go through here, you do this. That means you've done this. But you haven't done this because you do this. That And that's why you're now speaking German. <laughs> oh, I get it. Because I didn't kill Hitler. Right. Kill Hitler. Wear the hat. Which is pants. Then walk the dog. Don't walk the dog first. Okay, I walked the cat. That was your problem. That's why we're speaking Russian. Understood. Now let's do it. There's a bit too much of like uh, explaining it, mm. then showing it, yeah. then back to explaining it, more showing it. I didn't understand this. Explain it some more. Show it again. I'm just going to show it to me. Show it to me because the explaining is really helping. I, just, I, yeah, no, I know. Okay. I'll, if she, I don't know. Like I found the concept so fascinating that I actually, I enjoyed the, the discussion of it. And so I, that didn't really bother me. It didn't bother me that they were like talking about what was happening. I would agree with you that you don't need to like describe what you're seeing in a film. I find that a, a very a, very annoying. But I thought I just found that I just found like that the their conversations always enriched the scenes when you would start to like go into the next stage of it. You know, like it didn't it didn't feel like um, I don't know. I I, I really I really love that movie. So I, oh good, uh, it's and I'm, probably I'm the yeah. I'd say it's it's. I think it's. I would think I would say it was my favorite film of the year. If I, oh, I, I'd have to look back at what I've seen, but which wasn't very much, obviously, because we've had the year broken in half. But, but uh, yeah, I just. But I'll, I'll admit it's been, it's a divisive film. Like almost all the reviews I saw of it were not favorable. Well, I mean that's the thing with a Nolan film: mm -hmm. you buy it or you don't. Yeah. Unless yeah. unless you're talking something like a Dark Knight, in which case there is a commercial aspect to it. Sure. Like I just like Batman punching guys. <laughs> all right, then you're fine. Sure. And then there's a bigger idea wrapped around it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like war movies. Dunkirk, enjoy. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. You got it. There, you got it. But yeah, with something like Memento or Inception or Interstellar or Tenet, 
yeah. and you've got to really be into the concept or, oh boy, this is a long movie for you. But if you love it, then oh boy, you're going to love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, I was like, I was, yeah, I was in it for the, for the, the long haul. I just loved it so much. I loved the, the circular elements to it and just everything about it. Just little scenes would happen and be like, oh, this is happening at the same time as this now. Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got me so excited. Yeah, so I really... like I, I did immediately go to uh, one of the, the YouTube videos and just go like explaining the ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. which again it helps you and doesn't. It's them taking mm. guesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I'll send you a video that I really enjoyed, which is actually explains the concepts of the film rather than plot elements. Which I don't think is that interesting. Okay, but I think it's more interesting to know like what the key concepts that he was exploring were. You know, so the, t- the, t- the idea of time inversion and stuff like that are all, all uh, concepts and some of the paradoxes and things that, that they, they mention. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I thought, I thought everyone in it was spectacular. Like, all yeah, the acting really was great. Nice. Yeah, really, really great job. There was a time where uh, they were all, like, on the road and all the trucks were, like, surrounding the, the car. Yeah, yeah. And I just went, ah, they, he can do the big shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, or having, like, a, an actual plane crash into a building for your movie. Yeah. Like, like, I just like the fact that when you go see a Christopher Nolan movie, not only are he, not only is he doing, like, you know, mixing in with, like, just Batman stuff, but he's doing like original high concept ideas, you know, like, yeah. like it's like brand new. You've never seen big concept war movie. You've big never seen. Yeah. yeah. Movie. Big concept. Yeah. Yeah. You've never seen a movie like tenant before. Like whether you enjoy it or not, oh. you have to admit you've never seen anything like it. Yeah. You know, it's like a brand new idea and it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. And then, um, yeah, I just, I, I just thought, yeah, I thought that the, uh, I think his name is John David Washington, the guy who plays tenant, or plays the protagonist, as he's called in the film, was great. Uh, Robert Pattinson was fantastic. Um, the actor who was in Yesterday has plays a, a, a part in it. I just really enjoyed yeah, him. Was in, I, I, I immediately recognized him from Yesterday. Yeah. Then uh, he said he was in. Uh, he was also in Inception. He's the guy in the van. Oh, he's the guy in the van. He was a little bit heavier. So oh, are you sure the same guy? I am not sure at all. Not in the slightest, am I sure? Oh, he's a bit heavier set at that point. So I'm assuming. Well, I guess I should uh, look that up. And yeah, I'll have to. Uh, that's a. I've only seen that movie once, and that's a movie that I should do a rewatch of one day, just because it is, yeah. once again, a bit of a. I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Inception. I really. Oh, I might be wrong. Yeah, maybe I'm. Yeah, I'm wrong. It's not him. No, my wife was wrong. Let me say my wife was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was. There's a different guy. It's a guy who plays the in that movie Drager, Drager to Hell. He plays like the the Indian guy they go to to who's kind of like a mystic or whatever, like a does like exorcisms and things. Okay. Yeah, he's same same actor. Yeah, this this guy from this movie uh, was uh, in the in EastEnders mm. uh, for 566 episodes. Wow. Are. But he's really good he's in also, the film. I really like his part in it. So. Yeah, he's also in Avenue Five, which uh, I wish I liked. <laughs> I really do. It's yeah. a lot of people I like. Sure. And, uh, sure. Uh, I don't know, man. But anyway, it's uh, is it? How did you see it? Well, you paid. You you did a pay per view or on demand kind yeah. of thing. Oh, wait, cool. I, oh, you it? Yeah. I, I bought it. Oh, you bought the DVD. Uh, I bought it digitally. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I w- I want to get the DVD of it because I want to. Uh, I want to yeah, watch it again. <laughs> director's commentary on that oh i wish i don't think nolan does director's commentary does he mm-hmm. i wish he did i wish that'd be that'd be great it feels like studios don't really want to put the money into doing that anymore in a lot of cases but yeah it's nice when they do because that's always fun but yeah yeah it'd be interesting to get his take on things and and just 
yeah, figure out what like what his what his intentions were and, well, and some glad, of the some I, of the fan I, theories I liked and, it and I'm glad you really liked it. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's uh it's been fun. Yeah, it's just funny though cuz someone else at work watched it. I think he watched it in like the worst possible way, which is he watched half of it and then he watched the rest of it later. <laughs> which to me is just like what's garbage? Like that you can't enjoy a movie like that. You know, you can put a book down, but it's you can't put a movie down. Like that just cuz you, you lose the emotional arc of the film. It's hard to recapture that, you know, and you to stop, stop it. So, yeah, he was kind of like, nah, it was fine. Or, you know, it was okay. And the, me and the other guy were just like, what do you mean it was okay? It was great. And you said, you fool. <laughs> I spent, fool. I spent my, 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 my half hour at lunch day, which we had a pizza lunch day, which was nice. Uh, one of our customers bought us pizza, oh. which was kind of funny because he, they, we had to like fill out a form because of COVID. We can't really do like a, a thing where like all the pizzas are there and we walk, walk down like a buffet and take right. slices. And then, so we had to like fill out what kind of pizza we wanted. So I went with a spicy capicolo and, and then we were, you know, we were, then we just got like a small pizza and we'll eat it like that. And that's great. So then we get told, okay, the pizzas are here. So everyone has to go in like s- small groups and get your pizza and blah, blah, blah. So we, I finally get to go in there and no, no, they just sent us each person a large pizza so Whoa. we each had like a large giant, this ginormous pizza to eat. I only ate half of mine though. I have to admit. Did you I, take yours home or what did you do with it? Yeah. It's sitting in the, in the fridge downstairs. I, I may, I'm not going to say this is for certain, but I may be watching TV after this, eating some pizza. They are. That's a possible, strong possibility. I'm going to give that a 90% likelihood. This is a 90 percentile. Okay. 90%. Yeah. That's but anyway, almost, so when, uh, just a little less than the vaccines, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Accessibility. You should get uh, again uh, next time. Next time uh, Mary goes out, uh, yeah. have her pocket one of the vaccines. Put a little on the pizza. <laughs> sure, the, uh, sure. the- I was going to say, well, we're eating our pizza. We were watching a uh, tenant, uh, tenant, uh, uh, kind of, you know, what what this means or what they you know, kind of like Easter eggs and like little hidden parts of it. A lot of which are kind of far fetched, but I did enjoy. Like you know, there's a thing called the there's a name for it. It's called like the 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 Sator Stone. I think it's called. Okay. It dates from like. Uh, Roman times, and it has a series of words on it that Tenet incorporated into the film. So, Sator, oh. um, Branagh's character, uh, Tenet is a word, Opera is a word, um, Rotas is a word, and all those words are in the movie. So, um, like, uh, Rotas is the is the security firm that runs the Freeport, and, of course, Sator is Branagh's character, Tenet is the name of the organization, Opera, they're at the opera at the beginning of the film, and then uh, the other word is uh whatever opera is backwards i can't think of it now but anyway that also is a word that's used in in the in the film for something else so yeah it's right. uh yeah it's interesting arepo is what uh, oh that's right that's um that's the name of the of the uh the artist the 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 artist who um cat um uh you know um uh you know um what is the word evaluate evalu- you know values his painting or whatever Okay. That was the art. That was the artist's name, Arapo. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's incorporated in different parts. Of the and so and the and the Sator Stone. If you can read it um, side to side or up and down, and it, it it has palindromes for or not palindromes, but it has like the words are are reversed in 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 the uh, stone. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. So I guess Nolan saw that somewhere and he incorporated that into the into the film because it's sort of it kind of reflects the sort of palindromic nature of of the movie yeah yeah good film see it everybody yeah go see go go and go and see that uh let me see there was someone who was complaining about the uh opera house oh here we go that's right uh there's a person i i know saying 
spent the whole attendant wondering why a building with a sign out front saying opera house it's not an opera house it's a concert hall <laughs> so that room <laughs> Well, okay. It is not an opera house, sir. Liars. It is a concert hall. Yeah, it's well. Yeah. Now, here's my question to you before we get on to the letters. Yep. So you've you've got your uh, you know we're gonna ignore then the uh, the Dark Knights and the uh, and um, uh, you know what's it's uh, Dunkirk's okay uh, because you know you know that uh, he will do uh, these those those movies in between the thinker. Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, so we've had Memento. Yeah. You, you know the premise of Memento. Sure. You got that. Okay, you've got your Prestige. You know the premise of the Okay, we have to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Now we got Inception. Yeah. Interstellar. Yeah. You got, uh, now you got uh, Tenet. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's, okay, so the next one's got to be something like, I don't know, the Smurf movie. He'll do a dive on the Smurf. Sure. Okay, that's done. What world can he explore now? What's the next, what's the next film then for... Christopher Nolan. Okay, so, um, so we're gonna we're gonna say it's gonna be a big movie. It's like a big two hundred million dollar picture, like Insane. like like Tenet. The concepts are gonna blow your mind. <laughs> What's he gonna look at? I think he's going to do a. Oh, where, where can he go now? Where can I've, got he go? A, I've got an idea myself, but I want to know yours as someone who just enjoyed all this so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of what. I have a theory. What he can explore next in terms of, of concepts. Big concepts. Blow your mind. What the heck? What the heck? What am I seeing? Oh, my God. Visually. Holy shit. What? Yeah. Um, he's going to do a movie that's based on those uh, images that if you stare at them long enough, uh, an image reveals itself in it. Magic eye. Magic, magic eye. eye. The whole movie will be like a magic eye puzzle in IMAX. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What's what's your idea? My idea. Yeah. The only thing I think that uh, you've got now is... Yeah. Uh, is the afterlife. And so okay. you've got someone, I think, who's like living their life and things are going a little weird. Yeah. And and they're like, something's, something's wrong here. And then they kind of go like, are we all dead? And so they get into an exploration with all these different people who, have, who believe in different afterlifes. And it's like, did the world die already? And things are happening. And you're like, is this an afterlife or is it an agglomeration of different afterlives mm. that we've all now combined and the world ended at a certain point? And if so, when did it end? And they have to backtrack and figure out when that happened. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. I like that idea. So the exploration of what is reality. Yeah. The idea of can, what is police, can we know what is... is yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Like, are we all in the collective unconscious now? Sure. What is that? Yeah, so you can do all your philosophical stuff. Yeah. But it also what allows is you to do yeah, all the visual sure. things that you have. And you know, one guy who's going through, like, awful things and just like, yeah, you believe in hell. This is your hell. <laughs> You're doing this to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, he's got to break out of that and figure this out. What do you believe? Well, you believe in reincarnation. So this, you're not this. What you believe right now isn't this. You were something else before this. Huh. So what were you in the other world? Yeah, yeah. So there's you. Another person's an atheist. Well, what am I here for? You got to figure <laughs> that that out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, because you were agnostic and you believed a little something. So he's a little something. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's not belief that like brings you here. So yeah, I think it's got to yeah, be doesn't, Yeah, I think it's... Hmm. It could be like a staging ground for your next, your next, your journey. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Could be in limbo. Could be many, many places. That's a good okay. idea. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. He should. Well, yeah. If he doesn't do it, we should do it. Okay. <laughs> huh. And what we call the movie, we call the movie Nolan. We just call it Nolan. Because <laughs> <Nolan. laughs> people keep going like, 
what's uh, what's going on? It's like, well, you've seen a Christopher Nolan movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're everything perception and whatever. Yeah. I think we're in basically. Imagine this is a Christopher Nolan movie. What yeah. would we do? Oh, I see what you're saying. One Completely submerge all the dialogue and music. That's and then they say, you know, Nolan, his yeah. last name kind of spells the same frontwards as backwards. <laughs> like, you're right, it does. What's that supposed to mean? And Christopher, uh, first half of Christopher is the Christ. You're right. <gasps> it sounds like Christ and philosopher were put together. You're correct. But then the first two letters of his last name say, no, you're wrong. And then, okay. No, I like, I like that idea. Yeah. I'm going to start working on it. Please do. We had letters. <laughs> we, last, did, uh, we did get some letters. We got to, we asked like, how have your holidays changed with the new now? Have you ever built something big and impressive? And uh, Cavalier or pure? <laughs> some, some questions. I'll read, I'll read the letters unless my voice. Sure, sure. You re- read away, read away. Because there's five, so it's reasonable. Ah, good. Uh, our friend Louise writes, uh, my favorite nautical term is forecastle. Because we talk nautical term. Uh, because the traditional way to pronounce it is focasil. It would be fun if we pronounced other four words that way, such as faux poli, as in, and faux skin. Eh. No, it would be, it would be fopli. Yeah, faux And, and foskin. Very good. Well, let, we don't need to make the show dirty, uh, Louise. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just going to be me, my mom, and sister at Christmas this year. Oh. Really? You're transitioning from that to family, right? Um, it's just going to be me, my mom, and, and, and sister at Christmas this year. Although I think we're going to cook a full turkey dinner for our cousins and other and their families to pick up and take home to eat. Oh, that's very sweet. Uh, we usually go to a Christmas Eve candlelight and carol service at my mom's church. So we'll probably watch one online. Something big and impressive I designed and helped to build was a set for our high school production of The Imaginary Invalid by Molière. Molière died performing the title role. So maybe it wasn't all in his imagination. <laughs> of course, I would be. I would rather be a uh, cavalier. Who would want to be a Puritan, especially if you're a woman? One cow's udder dries up on your neighbor's farm, and suddenly you're being hanged for being a witch. Actually, I dress in a rather cavalier style in that play, since it is set in the same time period. Hmm. I, I did a Molière play as well, uh, Le Bourgeois Gentilhomme. And yes. the second half of the play... I am, am I in blackface? Oh, no. I'm not in blackface. First of all, it's more brownface. But it's brown body. Because they had they did their whole uh, torsos and the arms uh, for, for this thing. Oh, did wow. I, did I, it was not even a speaking role. It was just background stuff that I did. <laughs> and you know what? Someday someone's going to find those pictures of me. Yeah. And I will never be able to run for public office. Oh, dear. Yep. Or you'll just have to run for a particular party. Right. Um, I just wanted to apologize to Louise. Please do. Because last week, I, uh, we were talking about Mick, Mick Elliott, a friend of the show, sent us sent us a drawing of us as uh, in our robes as part of the uh, Order of the Sneaky Dragon. Our cult? Yes, our, 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 our newest cult. And But Louise did as well. And I forgot to mention that. I'm sorry, Louise. I, the problem is, in the weird way my email works, because Ian replied to your message, so you disappear, and then I just have Ian's name in my in my as as the kind of responder to this to this email chain so when i was looking through them i couldn't i missed your name there so i apologize that i forgot to mention but i did put it on the website last last week louise's drawing of a very sinister yeah yeah sneaky dragon it's creepy it's 
creepy and its claws are around the world. So, yeah, if yeah. someone had that as an emblem on their robe, uh, yeah. they would uh, be definitely the villain in a James Bond movie. For sure. And I just thought it looked very painful to get have Brandon near your genitalia. But that's oh. one of the that's one of the, the rules of our of our, our our cult, of course, is the Brandon the only near the thing genitalia. Worse is not being branded at all. Exactly right. Or them missing while they're branding. Branded, you're a fine cult. <laughs> Um, Go on, sir. But now that I've had that burning, I can't be. Uh, uh, Jada Jackman writes, just popping in to say Puritan is so obviously the wrong choice. Maybe the kids in your class hated having to read Shakespeare and enjoyed the thought of banning his plays. (laughs) Just imagine if they had to read Puritan texts instead of Shakespeare, everyone would quickly side with the Cavaliers. (laughs) Right on. All right. Now we got the Edward Draganski trilogy. Directed by... <laughs> oh! So, I, so I'm not going to understand a thing that's going on. <laughs> okay, at the end of this first letter, I'm going to need a kick. So I'm just going to like go backwards into some ice water. Okay. Right, but I'm also writing uh, his second letter backwards on my body. Okay. I'll have to read that out of a mirror. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, my family will have to be very careful during the next few weeks since my mom has just had surgery and is a bit vulnerable right now. We hope she's doing all right. Uh, I'm sure we'll be keeping the gathering to a minimum if we go over to my folks' house and try not to overdo it. I think if it was up to my dad, he'd tell everyone to stay home, but my mom will just sit and cry all day if she doesn't see her grandkids on Christmas Day. Yeah, this is is the struggle this year. I don't really build stuff, and I'm not really that much of a craftsman, but I've decked the entire attic in every house I've owned. I also build shelves in my garage right after moving. Cavalier! The Puritans lived next door when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> Good now, stuff. Once again, Dave, I have to strip down so I can read this letter backwards. Sure. Okay. All right. All right. Good. All right. Um, the Fantastic Four are near and dear to my heart. We talked about them last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the first comics I was really serious about collecting. Uh, before I take over the MCU and list my prerequisites for a Fantastic Four film from Marvel Studios, I'll agree with you guys on two things you nailed about going forward in the film. Kirby-esque machines and cosmic landscapes are a must, almost to the point of making them gratuitous and overwhelming. Just a bunch of clunky workhorse machinery with no beginning or end as a backdrop. Focus on their family-centric relationship. Uh, I think this is what makes the Fantastic Four relatable and interesting, almost as close-knit as the Guardians of the Galaxy are with one another. Their traits are almost as repellent towards one another, uh, but it's the kind of thing that they shouldn't, uh, where they shouldn't get along, but they do. Reed should almost be Stark in a way, but without the cocky playboy attitude. Uh, but he should always know that he's the smartest guy in the room. Ben shouldn't be a tragic figure because of how he looks, but instead be the smartass of the group. And yes, throw in the Yancey Street gang for good measure. <laughs> there should be some story about Ben wanting Reed to make him normal. But until that happens, he makes the thing work for him. Maybe to the point where Reed does figure it. Ben is almost fine with who he become. Yeah, that is a the thing they did in the comic. Uh, Johnny needs to be carefree, the carefree youth of the, connecting with the young fans and racing cars. The bickering with Ben is a must. Johnny and Ben should get on each other's nerves, but realize over time that they really need one another. And Sue is the heart of the group, the voice of reason, and the one that makes peace when the other three aren't getting along. Also, Sue uh, also makes Sue very powerful as a way of self-discovery as she learns to use her powers in creative ways. Get all this right for the characters before they even start to focus on their powers. You are also 100% correct that the Fantastic Four are adventurers. In fact, they used to be characterized as, uh, as such 
and the old Marvel Universe comics indexes. They're intrigued by places no human has gone before, more so than fighting bad guys. My spin on all this would be uh, where they're from. I think uh, that there's some nice uh, vacancies in the MCU timeline where we could stick the FF back in the 60s or 70s. That era would really nail the Kirby essence that built the FF in the first place. Since time travel is a thing now, and it looks like the third Ant-Man and Wasp film is some sort of a time travel story with Kang the Conqueror, figure out a way to bring the Fantastic Four to the present. The four of them uh, out of time could be fun, and they could be a recollection uh, of some missing in the past uh, which explains their travel to our present. And lastly, do not bring Dr. Doom into the story right away. <laughs> and build it over time, much like they did with Thanos before. Doom is almost too important of a character to just drop in as the showcase villain in one film. Make Doom almost an elegant, dignified, charismatic leader of Latveria with designs on making him a powerful and formidable figure of the world. And for Christ's sake, make him European. Make him sound like Colitis in Flash Gordon. Uh, I really hope they had a great. Did, you, say, did you pronounce it as colitis? I said colitis. Oh, okay. I think um, it, I think it is colitis. Very good. Okay. I really hope they hit a grand slam with this one. Just stick to the fundamentals of their characters. I did enjoy the Tim uh, story, Fantastic Four films very much. I thought uh, they got the chemistry in the four of them very well. It was Doom that was somewhat bothersome to me, being woven into their origin and all. I had good experiences with those two films because I was able to take my son to them at an early age. The Dark Knight and Hulk were a little too much for my son, and to this day he remembers seeing them uh, with me. I'm glad they uh, picked the FF to be the family-friendly alternative of superhero films at the time. The Josh Trank Fantastic uh, uh, film five years ago was a dumpster fire of dead hookers. Ah, there we go. Let's, you know, uh, sex work is work, and uh, they don't need... Uh, but... Uh, Here's what I would say, you know, when you're saying the time travel thing, I like that idea because there's a lot of aspects of the Fantastic Four that really are from the past. Mm -hmm. So why not? Yeah. You know, uh, maybe, I, the, maybe you could have a thing where people did know about these adventurers, but they weren't necessarily superhero adventurers. They just yeah. knew them as adventurers sure. back then. So when they do show up in the present, they are celebrities because we're remembering them like the Beatles that vanished and then showed up here. But they're all now completely out of touch. Ben is, you know, way out of touch. Same with Reed, same with Sue. And they're all learning their way around, you know, how things are now. Johnny was cool back then. He is not cool now. I mean, uh, ben is Jimmy Durante. Like, what's, <laughs> what's more out of touch than that? Yeah, yeah. You, know, uh, you can even have the thing about, you know, Reed was dating his student Sue. That's not that good. Um, there, is a, there is a good Screen Crush uh, video I watched today about how to incorporate... Fantastic Four into the Marvel Universe, and they, they, they have some good ideas on that that I'm not oh. going to rip off, but Screen Crush, it's called. And, okay, uh, I'll check, check that out. out. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, um, or Ed was talking about their relations to each other. I just wish that that could be slightly different, because I feel like a lot of those things are kind of corny now, a lot of the, the elements of their, you know, the bickering and things like that. It just feels sort of, it feels kind of overdone. It worked back then because superheroes all liked each other. Like if the Justice League got together, yeah. they would all be like, we're friends. Let's go team up. <laughs> yeah. And these guys were like, I'm leaving. Screw this. <laughs> and then the Avengers also had a, a bit of that, which I didn't sure. know. That's sure. To me, Doctor Doom, the secret of Doctor Doom, yeah. it's like it depends whether you want to make him like as smart as Reed or not. If you don't want to make him as smart as Reed, it feels like the angle is, you know, he has a time machine. That's Doom's thing. He's got a time machine. He does so really? 
yeah, he's got a time machine. Okay. Like, uh, that was the first thing that ever happened in, when you met Dr. Doom was issue four, Fantastic Four, Doom uh, kidnaps the Fantastic Four, brings their whole building to Latveria, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Puts a net over it and carries it. <laughs> uh, but then, but then, like, is uh, showing off his time machine, and it ends with, like, uh, Ben becoming Blackbeard the pirate. It's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pretty wild story. But to me, like, they've made the mistake of, like, Doom is the best, second best sorcerer in the world, second smartest man in the world. It's like, maybe he is, but he's a tyrant. So why don't we go with the idea instead that he's got a time machine? So, like, he killed the guy who invented the time machine. The guy with the time machine went, here, uh, my lord, I've got a time machine for you, dead. Now, like, of course he's got the most futuristic things. He's got a time machine. Like, no matter what, he's he's invented this thing. He's as good as Reed. Why? He's a time machine. He can always, like, go and get the watch a person invent something go, yeah, I invented that. What? And then you just invent it before the person did. Because you've got a time machine. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that's that's the thing about him being the greatest scientist in the world. He's got a lot of patents because anytime anything's invented, he just goes back before it was invented and goes, ah, that's it. I invented that. Boom. Now he's done that. Now he's the biggest scientific genius. Huh. The other element is he's a sorcerer. And uh, his mom was a, was, a, was a witch. And she's in hell. And he, he tries every, uh, every year to try and get his mom out of hell. And here's always been my angle on Doom on that, where he's never been able to get his mom out of hell because he goes on a fight with the devil and uh, or Mephisto, however you want to play it, and never is able to do it. And sure. my thing always is, here's why he fails. It's because he's so prideful, he thinks he can do it. And the devil gets his power from sin. So the sin of pride, just by him going, I can beat you and I think I can, great. That feeds the devil. That's the devil's power is that. At some point, I think you do a story where either Reed goes and gets the mom thinking he can't do it, but tries it anyway. Yeah. And then brings his mom back, which then like makes, of course, Doom furious. It's like, does Doom then send his mom back to hell because the shame of like his friend being able, he couldn't, you know, maybe something along those lines. But I always thought like, yeah, it's his sin of uh, pride that like it's the one thing that stops him from ever getting his mom from hell. Though later in the comics, yes, mom kind of got out of hell, but because of Dr. Strange. Um, and I, I got a lot of Dr. Doom stories. In uh, third, third letter from Edward. The town I grew up in was full of Puritan, uh, or at least phonies who fancied themselves as Puritan. Lots of judgmental folks. And, and holier-than-thou shit going on in the town of Mesquite, Texas, uh, <laughs> while I was growing up. It's a very flavorful uh, town, though. Oh, yeah. It's nice and spicy. Yeah. Uh, uh, being otherwise almost forced, uh, being otherwise almost forced me into being cavalier by default. But I must confess, I never defined myself as one back in those days. It's an interesting way to look back on all of it. Indeed, it is. And you can look back on it more if you had a time machine. Like, <laughs> you can still look back on it. You can look back on it any way you want. Yeah, you can look back with, uh, uh, with anger. Sure. Look back, look back with anger. Or don't look back with anger if you're a fan of Oasis. Okay, yeah. Don't, yeah it's, up to, it's up to you. It's all fine. Uh, I really like our cult outfits. Now I want those. <laughs> I like our little green shoes too. Yes, very nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a, very, very nice. It almost fancy. looks like slippers. Like we're wearing green slippers. Yeah, yeah. Green well, we are because we're we're indoors. We're in my rec room where there's a carpet. I don't want you getting my my carpet all yeah. dirty. I feel like I'm softly happy, and you're really happy. <laughs> I think you're probably making more money off. Yeah. Well, let's not go into that anyway. It's all, all right. it's all about levels. So speaking of letters and things, letters uh, and things, letters and things, uh, we talked a little bit off the top about aliens. Uh, do you believe in aliens? And uh, would you like uh, us to meet aliens? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
Say that's a question. Sure. Do you believe in aliens, and would you like to meet them? Sure. Okay. Do you have a Do you have a second question? Uh, favorite original high concept movie. Ah, I like it. So yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be not necessarily big, but it has to have like a big idea to the movie. That's what I. That's what I'm interested in. Okay. So it doesn't have to be like as big as Tenet, you know, but it can be like a movie that has like a interesting idea at its core. And your favorite one, and it also has to be original. Has to be original, not based on on something that's uh, like a, a remake or a whatever. So so like you could choose Back to the Future, for instance, but just not Back to the Future Two. All right, yeah, because Dave has to see. No, it's not that. It's just that I just, I kind of like the idea of like, I just want to know like uh, what people people like of uh, things that are a little different than uh, than the beaten track is what I what I'm interested in because that's where I live, sir, off the beaten track. Good, big ideas. What's the big idea that you like? <laughs> and so, here's how you uh, let us know. You go to stinkydragon.com. That's what you do. It's good news. Go to stinkydragon.com, and then you uh, uh, just click on the episode that you, you want to talk about. Uh, you can click on any of our episodes from any of our podcasts from now and the far past. Every one of them has a little message board, and you can uh, write your uh, feelings and thoughts, and then we might respond to them, or we might read them out loud. Yeah, you know, either, either thing could occur. Yep. So you do that. If you want to go to Facebook, why not? You're on there anyway, so... Uh, Go to Stinky Dragon on Facebook, and you can write us there. Or if you uh, feel like doing Twitter, no one does. But, you know, Stinky underscore Dragon, that is yeah, at it's there. It's a thing. Dragon. It's there. Or uh, stinkydragon.tumblr.com for crying out loud. Tumblr. Remember that? Uh, or email. Sure. Oh, did you read the email? I don't think we got any emails. Okay, well, we'll get to the emails then before we leave. Uh, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. That's how you email. I'm going to do the plugs, and then we'll do the letters. Um, pluggity plug, plug, plug. Uh, as we've mentioned, we've got the Sneaky Dragon listening party uh, that David is doing with someone who has had a vaccination. So <laughs> it's true. Couldn't be healthier. Some might say uh, you might actually help yourself health-wise just by listening to the show. So there, do that. Uh, if you're still looking for a holiday present uh, for a, a young person in your life or someone who enjoys laughing, let me recommend the Sparks series of books. By series, I mean there's, there's Sparks and Sparks Double Dog Dare. Yep. Technically, they're between uh, six and nine. That's what they say. But they're they're all the way around. Uh, Dave colored it. I wrote it. Our friend Nina Matsumoto uh, uh, drew it. And they are in stores now. And they are, you know, both have been uh, Canadian bestsellers. And uh, the first one won a bunch of awards. So what the heck? Uh, if you have someone older uh, that you would like to give a comic book, graphical novel type thing to, you can with a thing called Exercise. I did that for uh, for Image Comics with my friend Giselle Legacy. And uh, Yabba Dabba Doo, we've got two books of those out. One is called uh, Damned If You Don't, and the other is Kick Up the Darkness, both available in your local bookstore or online conglomerate. You can do either one of those. Uh, I do uh, live uh, improv with the Critical Hit Show online, uh, Eric Bell. Uh, to, uh, if you look on, like, say, Twitch, go Eric Bell, you'll see our things. Or if you go on YouTube, go Eric Bell, you'll see our They're there. I think that's generally my uh, plugs. Oh, I'm also uh, do New Yorker cartoons with my wife, Piagera, and we have a new Instagram account where we put up some other cartoons that we've done, and that is called Mannequin on the Moon, at Mannequin on the Moon on Instagram. Hope you'll check that out. we got a little over 200 cartoons up there. Dave, letters. Well, okay. Well, we we did get letters, but 
And I just want to thank Sarah for writing. And I asked last week, um, I asked a question of Sarah, how she, how she filmed and recorded her, her uh, YouTube uh, videos that she puts up as Earth Immigrant on YouTube. And I highly recommend you go there and watch those, those musical videos because they're a lot of fun. Go there, watch it, subscribe like I do, and like those videos because they are a lot of fun. But I don't think I'm going to read it out loud because it's very technical and it's basically, I just was, I wanted it for my own personal information. I don't think we want to sit and listen to uh, a, a long uh, thing. So I'm not going to read that email in. Okay. If that's you, what you're thinking. Could you forward that to me, even though I probably should have read that? Because I would like to know as well. Oh, you don't, you didn't see it? I did not. It came to the Sneaky Dragon. I'll, I'll send it to you. Sure. Uh, and then we also had a an email from Chris Roberts. Chris wrote to say, hiya, dragsters. I found this clip of the wonderful John Cooper Clark on YouTube and thought it fit nicely into the discussion on swearing the other week, but maybe not on the message board. So he did not leave it there as a link. So I have not, sorry, I have not had time to watch it yet, Chris. I was editing a listening party this week as well as trying to get Christmas things done. So I have been very time crunched. So um, I will watch it though. And if I deem it appropriate, it will be on the message board this week. There you go. I will, I'll just embed it there for you. And so people can look at it and see John Cooper Clark, the British poet of Manchester and his, uh, yes, he's kind of, he was kind of a, an odd fellow, just sort of like Bob, like a, like a kind of mid sixties, cool Bob Dylan kind of guy with, you know, like a suit and uh, a black suit and uh, beetle boots. And he would do, um, uh, poetry, but kind of a, a punk poetry at the time. So yeah, I'll have to watch it though. I've not, I've not seen, I may, I may know it, but I have not seen it. So sorry, Chris. Sorry to, I didn't mean to be a, a meanie and not watch it, but it's just been a busy time for me. So there you go. So those, those are our emails, such, such as they are. But thank, thank you, uh, sir. I just want to thank you for, again, for, for writing in and, and giving me all that information. That's really helpful. Thank you. And that brings us to uh, the end of this. If uh, you uh, want to, then I say you should have yourself a merry little. <laughs> yes, you and should. If you, if you don't want to, that's okay too. I know it's a weird year for all of this stuff, and we're yeah. not uh, we're not getting the you know it's 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 an odd one. It's one that we'll look back on and go huh. And uh, and I just wanted to say that we're uh, we're uh, thinking of all of you and hoping that it's as good as possible. And uh, we're all gonna we're gonna get back uh, to. Um, we're going to get back to a good place. We are going to get back to a good place, and I hope it's uh, as as joyful and loving and relaxing and okay as it can be. And if it's not everything that it usually is, that's okay as well. And I hope you don't blame yourself for that or like try to uh, make it, you know, what it can't be right now. Yeah. Uh, but we, you got uh, two people here who are very much on your side. That is and, true. Uh, that is yeah, true. And we are sending you a whole bunch of uh, love this season. Uh, and uh, and and if you want to like write us and let us know uh, how things went for you, uh, we would we would very much like to to, to hear that. We'll, we'll yes. tell you how ours went because you can't shout us. <laughs> no, you cannot. You know what I mean? You know you cannot. And, and uh, welcome uh, to our friend uh, Bob Mackey, who is uh, in the country right now. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with our friend Nina Matsumoto, and hooray! Yes. Uh, they're together and enjoying the holidays together. I'm very glad to hear that. Yes, so, after yeah. eight months apart, I think. so. Uh, that's, uh, I'm going to say that's too long. Yeah, I don't think I'd enjoy not seeing uh, someone I love for eight months. That would not yeah. be great. So I'm, I'm very, very happy for them both. 
So happy quarantining. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. And there we uh, go. So, uh, do you have anything else you want to say, Dave, before we uh, wrap up? I just want to say, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Jingle, jingle, and you jingle, heard him jingle. Claim, so he wrote out of sight. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>